some veterans that Save 22 got me hooked up with a couple of weeks ago. Made uh, good buddies with one of them, Greg. We put, He and I uh, played again the other day. He won by a lot. and, and uh, but I'm going to continue to do that. Actually, he lives down in Salem. And uh, I believe I'm going to go down there and uh, play Salem Hills with him before the season's out. He's like, dude, you got to come down there and play that. So I think he and I are going to do that. So excited to talk to Tom today. Um, I believe uh, more people need to hear the message about what happens to veterans once they get home. We always, you know what I mean? You hear a lot about while, why, while they're serving, you hear about that a lot. Like, you know what I mean? Think about them and, you know, honor that, that whole thing. But when they get back home and try to like get back into their daily lives, I think a lot of people fall down on that end of it. Oh, 100%. People and the system as a whole falls down on it terribly. That's a fair point. Um, and, and, and fair. one of the things I really like about Save 22 and having talked to, you know, a couple of the different guys a couple of different times, um, they really do kind of empower people to like do something where it's a lot of times I feel like one person just constantly feels like oh, I can't do anything. I'm just one person. What can I do? Yeah. And, and, and talking to Albert, he's like, well, there's plenty you can do. Like there's plenty that you as an individual, whether it's reaching out to somebody, whether it's, you know, trying to, uh, to, to get involved in your local, you know, veterans community or even just your local community. Those things all matter. So like I, I really do. That's one of the things I like about them is it's not just like, well, what do you want me to do? It's it's a tough, it's tough, it's a tough problem. Well, what I always tell those guys too is like we get when you have this position, you get asked to take part in charity stuff a lot. Mm-hmm. And I like them because I know they're on the up and up. And so like when I lend my name to it or when I lend my time to it, which isn't often enough, uh, to be fair, I, sh- I should be doing more, um, that I feel like, okay, I don't have to worry about this blowing back on me right. because these guys are on the up and up and they handle everything the way they should. Save22.vet. <laughs> and uh, we'll talk to Tom coming up at around 9.30 this morning on the program. So last night was episode three, Hard Knocks, HBO Hard Knocks on the Browns. I didn't see it. I fell asleep before it started. Now, I woke up around 3 this morning, and I tried to catch it this morning. But I have this problem where HBO doesn't put it on, like, their... I have HBO through Hulu. So, so they don't have it on, like, HBO's On Demand yet. You have to have HBO Go to get it. And I try... I used to have HBO Go when I had my HBO through my cable provider, but I tried to do the HBO Go (laughs) activate on my device, but they don't list Hulu as, like, a cable provider. HBO, I gave you your goddamn money! Show me the shows! I don't understand this. I don't understand it, Mafia boys! I gave you the money! I paid the vague, HBO! Give me the leeway! Let me make another bet! I think even even with like HBO on cable, I think it takes twelve hours. That's so dumb. Twelve hours for new content to be available That's on dumb. demand. That's so if dumb. If I remember correctly, dumb. Once it's aired, the at eleven oh one, post it. What do you care? I yeah. understand not putting it up before or even while it's airing. That I get. But eleven oh five, what do you care if I go watch it? What do I? Okay, maybe. Well, the West Coast Channel, fine. When I wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning, I should be able to see it. Even that. Even the West Coast should be available. I mean, they can watch HBO East. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, they have that, right? Yeah, you have the availability If I can to get a West that. channel, they have an East channel. They have channel. an East channel, so all they have to do is just watch HBO. If they want to watch something so dumb. at 8, they watch it at 5. So, no, that's not that's not enough. So dumb. So I, It's the strong arm of the cable companies, of the of the content providers. I'm not necessarily shocked to find out that, that they're they're giving you the runaround on oh, that. Oh, nobody's shocked. I'm just angry <laughs> about it. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not. It's not like, this is new information. No. That's not. Shock's not the problem. Shock is. Dude, anger's the problem. That's the problem. So did you see the hard knocks? I did. I woke okay. up this morning and watched it. Well, dude, it, give yeah. me a little rundown. What happened? Um, 
I, I would say mostly it was uh, the, the the big focal point. I think was the was the game uh, that they were uh, that they were in against the uh, not the Giants. Who did they play this past week? I thought that was the Giants. Oh no, it was the Giants. It yeah, was yeah. the Giants. So um, that was that was really the focal point. They've got Philly coming up this week. Um, not as much Josh Gordon as you would have thought. That really didn't become a part of the storyline until the very end. Well, they're jo- gonna yeah. I mean, they're gonna drag it out. When he announced his return, I was like, oh, this week, dude, it's gonna be Josh Gordon heavy. And then no, well, they can't really. I mean, he hasn't practiced. All they did was they like early in the episode they kind of announced he was coming sure. back yeah. and then then it was a side note it was a footnote not even mentioned until like the last 2 minutes of the episode they're coming back from New York and um they uh they uh they're they're coming back in and Josh Gordon's already in Berea practicing. You know what ah, I'm okay. saying? So so like so, up so well he's there like grinding, you know, like working out with the strength and conditioning coach and all, all the guys are kind of like walking in and like Josh Gordon's there. So it was like this like very optimistic, like yeah feeling. Sure. Um I can't believe watching this, and I, I watched this morning. I watched the episode with my girlfriend because I had to take her to the airport. She was up real early, and she what? was like, "Oh, where's she going? She's going to Topeka for some work thing for like training or something like that." So I was like, "All right, Gaffney Canton Airport. Get out. Yep, get out. Get See out. You later. Everybody, everyone's like, "What are you gonna do when your girlfriend's gone?" I'm like, "Go to Masturbate. bed earlier. Like, yeah. What do you think I'm gonna <laughs> you do? Kidding me? Porn up is what I'm gonna do. <laughs> so I can't believe you're here right now. I can't believe that the NFL teams." Don't do their own hard knocks every year because my girlfriend is so into the Browns right now, and she didn't care last year. She didn't care at all. She was taking naps throughout the games, but now she's invested, and now she cares about these dudes, and now she's like, you know what That's I mean? Point. Like, why? Why aren't if if all, I mean you all have a website, you if, all have social media people, you all have cameras. Why not just do a little web series on it? The NFL Network has the minutes to run. You know what I'm saying? Instead of showing, you know, uh, Mike Tirico talking about guards, like you could be showing. Ad- actual behind the scenes footage as we were watching it this morning and she was just so engaged and so like oh my gosh and she was you know the the four string quarterback Bro- Broby she's like oh Broby I hope he doesn't get cut I okay. love his girlfriend see it, I hate that kid I hate it. Dude, dude, no, that kid is like, I, dude, that's one of those things that I just hate about sports. Okay. Like, I hate the Jeremy Lins. Okay. Like, the stuff that you just know the dude's never going to be good, but the media falls in love with him because of, I don't know, some stupid reason. It's like, this kid's never... Also, do they show the... the, the, the Devin Kajust with his dad with the whistle. Of course dude, they I, did. I'm gonna strangle that kid with his own hair. <laughs> of course I, no, I, they dude, did. I hate that Bro, kid. They showed, I hate him. They showed a preview for next week. He's Is into, it all whistles? He's into crystals. He's into crystals. Like, like he's like, there's a crystal that has every energy, and they show him, you know, sitting there with his crystals. So next week, bro, it's going to be a good one for your boy. Meanwhile, Hugh Jackson just over there rubbing that 0-16 crystal underneath those damn armpits. Crystals, bro? And yeah. Dude, whistling and crystals. That's Dude, you're 0-2 in the count, bro. I'm Corey Kluber, and I got you 0-2 in the count. It really was a good episode, though. Um, uh, Des Bryant was a pretty big part of it. Oh, yeah, yeah, Des. Yeah, Des was a part of it. How'd um, that look? It looked good. I was excited to see him there. He was definitely a um, well respected. You could tell, like the players, because he went he went through the entire like Berea tra- training facility, saying hello to everyone, like scrubs, coaches, you know, people just there. Like he was saying hello to everyone, and you could tell every player there immediately was like very like you know. Respectful of him, okay. so I, I thought that was worth noting. It was the Buffalo game, not not not, not New the York Giants was the first game. one. Okay, I, yeah, I didn't see it, so I, so that I didn't know. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, Brad Paisley was in camp, huh? Oh, Brad Paisley was in camp, yeah. Yeah, he's a big fan. I've known that for a few years. He's a big fan. I don't know where that comes from. I mean, he's not from Cleveland, right? I don't know what the tie there is. Yeah. You'll have to excuse me. I don't know what the tie is there, but I know he's a big football guy, though. He wrote that college, he wrote that god-awful college football song. Remember that one like uh, that we played oh, on yeah. New Church Tuesday? He wrote that god-awful college football song. Um, that song was really bad. I know he's big into the sports. They uh, There was also a little bit of emphasis on like fighting in practice. I felt like that was a reoccurring theme, and it was good. It was good to see like dudes who wanted it and who wanted to get after it and who wanted a piece of it. Like It's not it's not high school football where it's like, well, if there's a fight, things are out of control. It's like, no, these dudes are pros. If, if things boil over a little it's bit, that's happen. good. It's you, good. It's grown men in millions of dollars at right. stake. Like, it's, it, that's what's going to happen. Uh, you know, people pointing out, yeah, you, you know, they have the building the Browns on YouTube. You can watch that. Like, they do kind of have like their own thing. You know, as you were bringing up, why don't they, they do this every year? Why doesn't every team do this? Uh, yeah, I would imagine as we go further and further into um, these teams and their websites and their social media accounts, that yeah, like this is that's going to become the standard. It's going to be. Should be. I don't know, dude. I think if you're a team. <laughs> Dude, some of these guys have awful opinions. Some of these guys, uh, dude, aren't necessarily evolved. And for what the social media standard is of what you say and what you do, I worry that a lot of these teams are like, dude, I'm going to have to get rid of my my stud number one wide receiver because of what he thinks about, like, whatever. Well, certainly you have to be in control of the message. I am not going to recommend that, like, they just go live with stuff. You know, that seems like a disastrous. But if, 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 if if you're going to go the route of hard knocks where it's that one week turnaround where it's relatively new stuff that's yeah, coming easy. out. You know what I mean? Like, I, it, and, and we talked about it earlier. The guys on Hard Knocks, it's five dudes out there with a camera. It's not like this is right. this huge crew or no, anything it's not that like much that. You're able to do it. I just think I think all sports teams, not just teams in the NFL, the more you give of that, the and the more reality show you put on it. Because some of that stuff, like, yeah, it's on your website, but it's not that... It's not. It doesn't have the like the 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 drama and the keeping up with the Kardashians that like gets my girlfriend into it. You're not wrong, but if it were me, I would I would push back just because it's like negotiating with a terrorist. It's like, dude, once you give in, then like, where do you draw the line? You know, it was Al Pacino on any given Sunday. As soon as they timed the game out for TV commercials, right. that was a problem. Um, I as a team, I get you. As a league, I get me. Yes. As a league wanting attention, as a fan, I get you too. If it were me, though, like I said, it's like negotiating with a terrorist. If I say yes once, where do I draw the line? At some point, dude, you, you, it's just going to get you. No, we should be able to watch him shower. It's like, no, 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 no. What? What's so funny? No, just my girlfriend, the terrorist. She's like, no, make it look like the Kardashians. I'll watch it. Oh, have you met Megan? <laughs> she's the Taliban of Sark County. That's who she is. That's not funny. Oh, it's not. She's the nicest woman ever. <laughs> Dude, no, it's not funny at all. And I hope nobody Post Malone's her playing. <laughs> all right. More Stan's Ray Show right around the corner. We'll send you out to Las Vegas, 8 a.m. on Rock 106.9. Joe here. The Hall of Fame City Comic Con, the third one, is coming up on September the 15th. Fantone and I will be there on site hosting your cosplay contest. We'll be there from 4 to 6 that afternoon. And the Hall of Fame City Comic Con going down all day, dude. So many awesome things, including featured guests, uh, including Kevin Eastman, who is a co-creator of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, James O'Barr, creator of The Crow, and you've got the legendary writer Peter David. He's going to be there as well, dude. Plus so many booths. There's going to be so many vendors, so many comic book artists, dude. It's going to be an awesome time, and uh, all you have to do is get your tickets. So here's what's going down. Event date is Saturday, September 15th. Hall of Fame City Comic Con at the Canton Civic Center. T- adult tickets, $10. Kids ages 5 to 12 are just 5 bucks, and under 5, you're getting in free. Get your tickets right now at hofcitycomiccon.com. Rock 106.9.
Welcome back to the Sansbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Yesterday, I uh, I put out a piece of video of myself uh, at my Instagram, Dan.Sansbury is how you find that, of me hitting a ball 160 yards out of a bunker. Jeez. And uh, there's a rule in golf Antone may not know about that if you're in the bunker, you're not allowed to what is called ground your club. Okay. Meaning, if you're in the bunker, you cannot set the cl- you cannot set the club in the bunker. Like you can't like so you know how like when you go to take a practice swing, you kind of like set the the club on the ground. Okay. Maybe even as you swing, you may even hit the ground with your practice swing, kind of like trying to blade the grass, trying to find the exact like where you're trying to get an impact. In the bunker, you're not allowed to do that. Okay. You can practice swing, but you're not allowed to make contact with the sand, and you're not allowed to ground the club behind the ball. Seems like a strange rule, but okay. I, I don't really understand it if I'm being honest with you, but. Of course, I released this video of me, and I hit the shot. To be fair, I did pull it a little bit left. Didn't was a little left of the green. Did pull it a little bit left. But a guy's like, "Did you just ground the club in the bunker and gave me one of those face palm like emojis? You know, those social media gotcha moments I'm always trying to talk about. Gotcha. So I went back and I looked. I didn't ground that club. I didn't even hit the sand when I hit the ball. Don't facepalm me over something I didn't do. You want to question something about the radio show, you go ahead. You want to facepalm me about something, you come after the golf game, though, bro. I'm not going to be happy with that. Obviously, I'm kidding a little. I want to talk about this now because I don't want to talk about it all day. Okay. All right? And I, so I've, normally people, they you dump things out with the trash. Maybe you do it late. I'm trying to do this early so we can move forward so that nobody can say, you didn't even do this. Right? I just want to get it over with. Dude, your boy Trump's having a rough go at it. He's having a rough go. Imagine being the president today and having to decide what you would rather the fake news media ask you about. Hey, bro, that tape of you screaming the N-word, is that real? That's one of the questions. Or, hey, buddy, Paul Manafort and Michael Cohen both found guilty on stuff in federal courtrooms today. Which one of those do you want to answer? Neither. Yeah, I was going to say neither one of those sounds Neither right. one of those sounds <laughs> Me, good. But... He's having a rough go. I mean, dude, Drudge, Drudge, who is historically conservative, who was actually deep in the camp of Trump, like pro-Trump, not just like, hey, we're conservatives, so we hope the guy running in the, in the GOP wins, like full on was backing him, now called it the Trump hell hour. I don't care what your opinion on the president is. To not admit that he's having a rough go out of it right now, I think is sticking your head in the sand. Now, are they? Are some people just out to get him? Yes, but is there? Now I said it about Josh Gordon. When there's enough smoke, there might be a little fire, right? I mean, if there's this much smoke, maybe there's a flame somewhere. It might not be a blaze. It may not be the forest fire. Meanwhile, it might not be the forest fire that's ripping through three U.S. states that nobody's telling you about right now. Three states legitimately on fire, crickets out of everybody, including all of your social media timelines. Three states are on fire. Nobody cares. But like, so if there's this much smoke, there's got to be a flame somewhere with it, right? I mean, there's enough enough of a flame for 16 guilty, you know, charges yesterday. So I mean, like, there's there's undeniably a flame. It's not good. It's no, not good. I know. I mean, I don't want the president of the United States in America being. You know, in, in federal court, being no. being named as a conspirator, right, towards election finance, like no problems. No, I don't want that to be the case at all. So, like, it, it's not good. I mean, I know there's some people out there who have, who have who have like political boners about this. How's this end? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, dude. Like I said yesterday, a a, a admitted felon 
named him as a co-conspirator. So it's like it has to continue going. Like, it's not over. But where it ends, I don't know, dude. I don't know. I don't know if any of this is enough for impeachment yet, but it, 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 it we're starting to build stuff. I mean, we're getting pretty close, right? I don't know. I don't know. And I don't want to see America when that happens, dude. I don't, I don't either. I don't, man. It's going to be bad. Full disclosure. Bad. Voted for the other side. Full disclosure. Voted for Hillary. Begrudgingly. Didn't love her. Still don't love her. Still talk trash on her. Felt like she was the lesser of two evils. Um, But I don't hate the president the way a lot of other people do. Like I, I know there are certain radio shows, even radio shows that this company hires, that have gone full Antifa. And it's just like obnoxious. And I try not to be that guy. Because honestly, at the, re- at the end of the day, I don't really care about anything. So like I don't hate the guy. But I can't sit in here... For the people who are pro him who hated the previous president, if this were him, you would expect me to discuss it. Yes. And so, like, I have yes. to say, I at least have to discuss it. I'm not going to spend all day on it. Um, just because I believe, honestly, a lot of shows like mine should get back out of this pool and more into the, can you believe this guy masturbated at the store? Like, that's honestly where we should be swimming more towards that end of the pool, for sure. It's it's a fine line, and any show right now has a balancing act to do it with. And, like, even as we speak about this calmly and rationally, I dude, I want to be done with it. I don't want to talk about this again today. You're I ter- hate, well, I hate that's what talking I said. about Trump, dude. I hate it. That's what I said. We're doing it here. And then we're, and then, you know what I mean? Like, I'm doing it here. Like, I, essentially, I'm taking it out with the trash. And then we're moving forward because I don't want to do it all day. Because, again, like, do I know as much about it as I should to comment on it? Probably not. Probably not. But I can tell you, as a guy who's a public figure, that's how people would describe me, I would, I, I w- I would imagine, a public figure. If I had to answer questions today about tapes of me saying something like that or like, hey, somebody I'm tied to, Fantone's now been you know, convicted in federal court, those are two things I don't want to have to answer for today. That, that would be me having a rough go at it. I was watching him. He had a campaign yesterday in West Virginia. President Trump did. And you know what he was talking about. No. They're kneeling. They're kneeling. They're kneeling. They're out there and they're kneeling. Which, by the way, ESPN says, here's how we're going to fix that. We have traditionally not showed you the anthem. We are making the effort. We will not be showing you the anthem this year. And which I think if you're ESPN, it's almost crazier. Because essentially what's going to happen now is the NFLPA is going to come after ESPN. They're going, oh, you're not going to show the players doing this, huh? So, so you're on the side of the fans that think we're, that we're, disp- we're disrespecting the country, huh? I mean, dude, that thing's not over. That thing's going to get way uglier. This is year three, by the way. Goodell, where the hell are you? Get your arms around this goddamn thing. More Sansbury Show right around the corner. You guys hang on. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. There's a video online we want you to see at WRQK.com of a female bartender punching somebody uh, after being slapped on the ass. There's an interesting variable in that story, though. It's not exactly what you think it is. You can uh, you can watch that video, WRQK.com, where you can see it. I like what you said, though. Keep your hands to yourself. Problems don't happen. That's right. No matter who you are, no matter what you think. Keep just, your hands to yourself. Dude, just keep them hands where they're told to be. Now, if a woman tells you, bam, put them hands wherever you want, you put them hands wherever you want. But until that moment, I'd keep them right there in the pocket, no matter who you are there. Pantone, now what we have to do is do a story that's not a story. Okay. But a story was made, was put all over the internet yesterday, and it's a non-story. 
And people are like, oh my God, big deal. But it's not real. At all. This is a non-story. This is exactly what should happen. And I don't think that things that should happen or that are would happen easily should make news. But this is interesting. And uh, this is rock and roll related. Rock and roll. Rock and roll related here. And a band I really, really like. The Eagles. And I think the Eagles are pretty good. Right? Yeah, dude, what are you going to do? Say the Eagles suck? I mean, hey, here's the thing. Do? You <laughs> cannot love them. I think that's okay. But to, to yeah, to say the Eagles were awful, I think, is, is crazy. A little bit. Though. Now, I have to, full disclosure, I'm a huge Don Henley fan. Like, Don Henley could sing the phone book, and I'd be like, man, I kind of like that. I kind of like that. I just like the way Don Henley sounds. I just like it. Um, now, they're not my favorite band ever, but they're good. And it came out that the Eagles' greatest hits record, the greatest hits record, beat Michael Jackson's Thriller as the best-selling album of all time. Now, why is that news? To me, this, if anything, and I'm conflicted about Michael Jackson. I am. I'm conflicted because my thing is, dude, we take Kevin Spacey off of you know, Netflix, but, you know, Michael was touching kids and, like, there he is. I mean, did you, uh, we play anything, <laughs> even child molesters. I mean, right? I mean, come on. All right, so I, I've been, we wasn't convicted. Well, I think the baby raping chamber off the bedroom in his, in his house that nobody knew about until after he died, that convicts him in my mind. If you want to think he's guilty, he's innocent, well, I'm sure, yeah, him and OJ together out there just being innocent, right? Okay. Michael was totally guilty. So I'm conflicted on Michael, okay? But if I'm Michael or Michael's camp, I'm like, you needed a greatest hits record to beat me, you bunch of sissies? Where where does this all come from? Because, like, why did the Eagles' greatest hits record all of a sudden, like, regain traction? Well, my guess is it's not regaining traction. My guess is that record always sells. My my guess is that the Eagles' greatest hits is a lot like Led Zeppelin four. That every fourteen year old boy coming into his own, learning rock roots, goes back. You always start with the classic rock, and so then the Eagles, the greatest hits, it just becomes something you buy. Are they buying that album? You know what I mean? Like I, it just it, it, to me. Well, it's, now it's, there you go. It's very very strange. Do I think that like yeah sure. That's y- a fair y- point. Young people will find new stuff, our old stuff, of course but they will. But they're streaming it. But they're not buying records of it. They're not buying albums. Well, that's fair. Especially like a greatest hits thing. I mean, like, if, 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 if you... Okay, t- hold on, hold on, hold on. It says the Recording Industry Association of America recently recalculated sales of the best of collection and certified the LP as 38 times platinum, pushing the 33 times platinum thriller to second place. So I don't, no, no, no. I think what they did is they went back and they've actually now been able to figure out what was actually sold. Because it used to be when, when we gave a band platinum status, it was platinum shipped, not platinum sold. So if you shipped over a million records to stores, it was like, hey, Cinderella's got a platinum plaque. Meanwhile, dude, they probably had to burn half those records. Yeah. So yeah, like, yeah. dude, a lot of bands went platinum who shouldn't have. And I think now what's not, I'm, I, I don't know, maybe Cinderella really did go platinum. I love them, but I, I felt like that was funny enough to throw them <laughs> underneath good, the bus. But somewhere there's a dude in the Lions going, no, dude, night songs. Dude, you're idiot. <laughs> you know what I mean? But so I'm, I'm guessing that that's what they did is they, they've actually went back and they actually tried to really tally this. Like, okay, well, we shipped this many, but how many got sent back versus sold? 
and by no stretch of the imagination am I like, oh, pff, the Eagles. But there's certainly bands that I think would be in good work for saying greatest hits. Well, it's a greatest hits record, or are you gonna? But like your Led Zeppelin's greatest hits, you know what I mean? Wasn't bigger like Metallica? Like I would just think that does Metallica have a greatest hits? Well, I just think the base off of your theory there of like. Well, it's a greatest hit, so of course people want it, and you go back and you find it. To yeah. me, Eagles just aren't that band. I'm not saying they suck. I'm just saying they're not that band. Oh, I think they are that band. I, I do. You and I both would agree here that the Rolling Stones are a better band, are they not? Correct. You and I agree there, right? Okay. And Kiss is a band I like more. Okay? But the Eagles may be a wider net than both. It's like Van Halen. Right? Like, when I first got into the radio business, what we would try to do is, the way we tried to program the first rock station I worked at was, if your girlfriend got in your car, she I don't want her to make you turn off the rock station you like. Which means what? What do you do in that situation? Play more Aerosmith, play more Van Halen. Because chicks like Aerosmith, and they like Van Halen. They maybe don't like Iron Maiden as much as the guy does. So what you do is you play the Iron Maiden occasionally, but you bang the Aerosmith. You bang the Van Halen. And that, so that's who the core artist versus artist that should be core is the difference there. And I think that the Eagles might be a wider net. Right? Like, my mom likes the Eagles, and so do you. Now, this isn't single individual album sales. This is all album sales put together here. Artists you have in front of... The Eagles, you've got the Beatles, Elvis Presley, Michael Jackson, Madonna, Elton John, Zeppelin, Floyd, Rihanna, Eminem, Mariah Carey, Queen, Celine Dion, Whitney Houston, ACDC, Stones, ABBA, Taylor Swift, Garth Brooks, and then you finally get to the Eagles there. I would, I would just think all those artists' greatest hits, if we're going off that, would all be... I'm being told by a member of the audience that the Eagles' greatest hits was number one. Michael beat it with Thriller, and now they've come back over top of it, and this is beating it again, which is what's making it a story. That's weird. Maxim's not giving me that part. Their part doesn't, doesn't tell me that. If that's the case, then I could see it being part of the story, but then why isn't anybody telling me that's the story? So Michael got dethroned twice in the past like week, two weeks here. Yeah. Once by the Eagles and once by Post Malone here. Yeah, because Post Malone beat that record right up yeah. uh, like uh, weeks at, like uh, on the chart. On the whatever. top 100, yeah. Yeah, I, I still think, dude, we're talking greatest hits. Now, the Post Malone thing is different, and that is weird, dude. With, you know, people aren't buying records and all that. that, that so, so you have to tip your half, uh, you know. You know, tip of the hat to that kid there, and I'm, I like a couple of his songs. I'm not the biggest fan. But, I mean, Thriller was just a record. That wasn't a greatest hits record. Now, it sounds like a greatest hits record because how good it is, but it's not. It's like very much like Back in Black. Like People think ACDC's Back in Black is a greatest hits record because how good it is. It's not. It's just a record. Thriller's just a record. And even though I'm conflicted with Michael, there's no... Di- I was just talking about this with somebody the other day. Dude, when you were famous in the 80s, it's because you had it. It's because you actually had it. It's not because you lit yourself on fire on YouTube and now you get to yodel in concerts for some reason. Like, dude, you were like legitimately talented. And you had to really have it. Otherwise, they would never point a camera at you. So, I mean, dude, I'm conflicted with Michael, but he's impressive. And I don't think a greatest hits record topping Thriller, to me, it just goes to show you the power that is Michael Jackson. It takes one of the greatest bands in history with a greatest hits record to dethrone just an album from him. I'm conflicted with the guy, but he was massively talented. More Stansbury Show and a sucker bet. 
People are lining up in Vegas to make this bet. You don't need Vegas. You can come right here to the radio station. Bring your money. I'm open all day, er day. I'll take your money on this bet. That's next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. We may not be a global epidemic yet. On iHeartRadio. This is a dream cup. 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9, about an hour away from getting you hooked up with a trip out to Las Vegas, which is a place we're going to talk about pretty heavily right now. I love Las Vegas. It's my second home. It's where my family lives. As a matter of fact, my brother just sent me a really good piece of video last night of my uh, 13-year-old niece going to the lane, shooting a floater. She's getting pretty good at the hoops, dude. She's playing on a couple of travel teams this year. She's she's pretty good. But I love Las Vegas. And, And I've said many times on this program that if you've never gone to Las Vegas during football season and watched NFL Sunday football in a sports book, I, as a sports fan, it's something, dude. It should be on your bucket list. There's no other than going to a game. There is no better experience for watching football than a sports book in a casino. It's the greatest. There's normally like a really good buffet. Um, it's normally like hot dogs and brats, like that kind of thing. They get it, like kind of beer, and then there's beer. But then every game's on TV. Every single game, every single play, and then there's like a whole bank of TVs just dedicated to the Red Zone channel. Like, you don't miss anything. And then you got people who have bet on everything. There's fans of every team. Everybody's like kind of in it, watching together. It's very community. And then there's like, no, 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 they're going to win. And there's just all of that. It's one of the, it's one of my favorite things to do in Las Vegas is to watch football in the sports book. I absolutely love it. I'm not a gambler, but betting on sports is the most bang for your buck. You know what I'm saying? Well, the, the, it's a four-hour bet. Yeah, the high of the blackjack only lasts for as long as those cards are handed right. out to you. It's the game, point. the game. There's there's something about it. Once you have money on, even if it's two teams you don't give a, give a goddamn about, all of a sudden, dude, everything matters. Absolutely, and it's a four-hour bet. You're right. Your money lasts a little while there, and it makes you want to watch the games. Right? I love betting. NFL football in Vegas. People ask me all the time, well, you know, you live here, how do you do it? As a matter of fact, a guy sent me a message this morning. He says, what apps do you use to bet? And I, I don't use an app. My brother lives in Las Vegas, and uh, he places our bets for, uh, for me at the Mirage is normally where we do that at. Now, there's a bet in Vegas that a ton of people are taking. Okay. You don't need Vegas, bro. You don't need online apps. You don't need you don't need legalized game you know gambling in America. Okay. You just come up here to Rock 1069 with your money and your boy Stansberry is going to take this bet off your hands all day er day. Okay? A little Danny Vegas action right here. <laughs> okay. I like it. All day er day. I'll give you any odds you want. You want 300 to 1? You can get 300 to 1 Jeez. right here. But you got to bet 500. I'll rob a bank to get you paid. Where's all this money coming from? I'll rob a bank to get you paid oh if I God. lose. If I lose. Okay. As a matter of fact, dude, I'd one up it. You got, dude, no, you got radio dudes. I'll eat a horse crap sandwich even though I won't do it. Pay us $9 even though the thing never works. I'll tell you what, dude. I will go down at a black porn star in downtown camp. What are we doing that for? A male one, by the way. I, mean, I, I don't, I don't think it would be all that bad. Right? In the middle of downtown camp, dude, inside a Buzzman, film it. Facebook Live. I don't know if that buzzbit's going to be open to something like that. Dude, I swear to God. Good Lord. Dude, people are betting the Browns to win the AFC North in Vegas. Dude, why don't you just take the money out of your pocket and light it on, light it on fire? What are you doing? So, dude, you think you're going to beat Big Ben and Joe Flacco twice? Each? Twice? Because, guys, guess what? I know the Ravens were supposed to be bad, right? They were supposed to be really bad. Have you been paying attention in preseason? 
Lamar Jackson looks bad. The rest of it looks pretty good. Flacco's looking pretty good. Guys, you won one preseason game. What are you doing? Have you lost your mind? As a matter of fact, dude, the Browns to win the Super Bowl is a pretty heavy bet right now. Are you crazy? You don't need Vegas. You come here. I'll do. You bet whatever you want on the Browns winning the AFC North. I'll, dude, I'll cover all your action. Now, they're both crap bets, but let's be real. The AFC North, a much more obtainable goal than the, than than the, the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. Let's leave the Super Bowl out of it because we all know that's crazy. Give me, give me the breakdown here. What's the, what's the numbers? What's making this such a lucrative bet when you can almost guarantee that it's a loss here? Well, they don't really say. They just say, dude, the, the, the guy at Vegas at Caesar says, look, there are more bets on the Browns to win the AFC North than the other three teams combined. Wow. Combined. Wow. Dude, bet the field. I'm serious. Now that everybody's betting the Browns, the odds will be in the favor of the field. Like, dude, if you bet the field against it, you win big. And guys, there's no way the Browns win the AFC North. I'll say it again. There is absolutely no... As a matter of fact, dude, I would bet them right now to not win the AFC North next year. That's how confident I am in that bet. You're going to beat Big Ben twice. That's what's going to happen? Really? Baltimore's better than people want want to admit that they are. Everybody kind of thought that that whole thing was going to fall off a cliff, cliff, myself included, full disclosure, and it really hasn't. They look pretty good. How many in-division games do you have to win? Four? To win the AFC North? Five? Four? We're going to have to win a couple outside of the division games too, right? Right, 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 right. But I'm saying of the teams that, that you're going to be competing with, I mean... You'd have to at least split. You At least split. It, I'm saying you have to be over 500 in the division. So, and that's a, I mean, so, dude, so you got to beat Cincinnati, Baltimore, and Pittsburgh all at least once. Right. So here's what we know. You have to win both Cincinnati games. Right, right. You'd have to win at least both Cincinnati games to win the AFC North. Dude, they're not even going to come close. I'm telling you right now. I know everybody. Dude, again, all these sports shows I watch in the afternoon and respect, they all think it's 6-10. and I'm laughing. I bet the under. Dude, when Vegas put the line out initially at 5, I bet the under. I did. I bet the under. It's 4-12, and guys. I'm telling you right now, that offensive line is terrible. We can keep denying it because of how good Jarvis Landry is and the fact that that guy can make one-hand catches all you want. That offensive line is terrible thus far. And, dude, I'm telling you, it's going to rear its ugly head when the regular season comes about, dude. It is. I'm sorry. It is. I watched Hard Knocks this morning, so I'm trying to like separate it. Um, it, it you can't bet on them to win. I mean, if, if you got the money to throw away and you feel like, dude, hell, it's a long shot, a shot then bet. Then donate it to charity, you <laughs> selfish dick. What the hell's the matter with you? Well, I got it to throw away. Well, then feed somebody. What the hell are you doing betting on Carlos Hyde to win the AFC North for? What are you, an idiot? You're an idiot. I'm telling you right now, you cash them paychecks, dude, and you bring it right here. Your boy Stansberry will cover that bet all day. All day. Taking suckers money. Dude, my dad used to say, Dan, no, you didn't call me Stansberry. My dad used to say to me all the time, Daniel, a sucker born every minute. Don't ever be it. Don't ever be it. And I know I'm a little down on the Browns. I'm a little anti. I know. Because they've hurt me for 25 years straight for some reason. You guys erase your hard drives better than I do. <laughs> Six and ten? Really? You think? You think they win the AFC North? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And here's what I find hilarious. When you lose week one, and I think you have a chance to win week one, I think the game is set for I think it's set for upset. I really do. I think that Pittsburgh game is totally built for upset. 
But if you lose it the way I think you might, which is 27-14, everybody else, is it, you're all going to come right back down to earth. It'll be right back to, woe is me, what was I thinking, here they are again, I fell for it, again. that's exactly going to be the mentality. Man, that week one game, dude, I think it's September 9th, that week one game is just going to, it's going to dictate the Everything. entire rest of the season. Everything. Because if they win, oh, it's Super Bowl. Northeast Ohio on fire, yeah. bro. I'm talking the entire area, we look like California, just live it up and if they lose dude it is going to be one hell of a gut punch for for this fan base so i agree it uh it's dude i can't wait i really honestly at this point for a team that has sucked so bad and been so awful and just been a constant source of misery it just i'm, dude, I'm, I'm so excited for it more bets at caesar's palace right now on the browns to win the afc north than all of the three teams in the division combined wow wow dude look at pittsburgh just getting flat out disrespected Flat out disrespected. You don't think Mike Tomlin's going to have that as bulletin board material for Big Ben? For Antonio Brown? Dude, I'm just telling you. If you want to bet that, I'm telling you, don't. you don't need Caesars. You don't need the Mirage. You don't need anybody. You bring me your money right here. I'll cover all your action. Every last bit of it. That is a sucker's bet. I will laugh in your face when you can't make rent when I'm spending your money on new <laughs> golf clubs. I will laugh in your face as I'm coming by as the county's like repossessing all your possessions. I'm going to hit sandwiches out of your front yard. You're an idiot if you make that bet. An absolute idiot. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. Hang on. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Hey, guys, you got the Sandsbury Show here. The Hall of Fame City Comic Con, the third one, is coming up on September the 15th. Fantone and I will be there on site hosting your cosplay contest. We'll be there from 4 to 6 that afternoon. And the Hall of Fame City Comic Con going down all day, dude. So many awesome things, including featured guests, uh, including Kevin Eastman, who is a co-creator of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, James O'Barr, creator of The Crow, and you've got legendary writer Peter David. He's going to be there as well, dude. Plus so many booths. There's going to be so many vendors. So many comic book artists, dude. It's going to be an awesome time, and all you have to do is get your tickets. So here's what's going down. Event date is Saturday, September 15th. Hall of Fame City Comic Con at the Canton Civic Center. T- adult tickets, $10. Kids ages 5 to 12 are just 5 bucks, and under 5, you're getting in free. Get your tickets right now at hofcitycomiccon.com. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sands Show. On Rock 106.9, also online at WRQK.com, and we have tickets for the third annual Hall of Fame City Comic Con, Canton Civic Center, September the 15th. Fantone and I will be on hand for your cosplay costume contest. I'm, uh, I'm very excited about that. I've been asking, and I will continue to ask until September the 15th. Uh, for you Overwatch fans, I'd like to see a couple of uh, women dress up as Mercy. That would be great. I hope it's some fat dude dressed up as Mercy. That's going to happen. I don't even know what Mercy is, but I hope it happens. She's a badass is who Mercy is. She's uh, in the game. She's known as what are healers. Oh. She's a healer. Oh. I like her. Okay. I just, I know a lot of people are going to show up as Tracer. How could they not? Maze would be cool. <laughs> a couple of Maze would be cool. Uh, I got to shout out a, a dedicated listener of ours. Listens pretty much every day. Matt Yuri. Um is playing in a USGA mid-amateur qualifier today. Whoa. Uh, Matt's a really good guy. I mean, he's a scratch golfer. Whoa. And he's playing in a mid-amateur uh, qualifier. He actually asked me to be his caddy for an event. Uh, he asked me to actually caddy this event for him. Do it! No, I couldn't. He tees off at 7.40 this morning. 
He wanted me to caddy. And I was like, dude, I kind of want to do that. Oh, like, that sounds awesome. Till about hole seven. I'm like, dude, I don't want to walk anymore. Where's the cart? But no, he's playing in a mid-amateur, and that's uh, that's awesome. I bet of, of, of all the different ways that you could become a better golfer, I bet you there's a real advantage to that. Oh, Going yeah. out there, oh, yeah. caddying for someone, seeing the game from that different perspective. And dude, how they approach it. Yeah, I think you should. I mean, if not, obviously not today, but I totally think you should get into something like I that. Would that actually, really cool. No, I really would like it. And, and it is. It's one of those things where it's like, um, how how are, how is somebody that much better than you going to approach this shot versus how would you go about trying to hit it? You know, and uh, and you could absolutely learn a lot about that. That's like I say all the time. Like I think one of the things that benefits me a lot is my buddy H.J. Wenger, who played on tour, is really really good. Like not trying, he can shoot sixty nine all day. And so like when I watch him. Like every day, I'm like, oh, dude, you're gonna try to do it that way? Like that's interesting, and like you learn stuff. Yeah, I mean, like any other sport or any other thing, playing with guys who are better than you is yep. always just a little yep. bit better than you is always gonna be. How do you raise that bar for yourself? Like my buddy John from Pittsburgh's really, really good, and I play with him about three times a week when I'm playing a lot. Like if I play a lot, I play with him mostly, and uh, and he'll tell you he he'll be the first one to say like, dude, playing with me has definitely upped your game. Because you're trying, you're starting to take it a little bit more seriously. You start to care more now about the fact that you're not playing well. I mean, it, 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 it's just like anything else. It's like, yeah, your friends, the people, your circle, the people that you associate you with. Just wanna be, you just want to be. You right. don't, you, you don't want to be last. You know what I mean? You don't right. want to be like holding everybody up. You want to be, you know, reinvited. And so, yeah, dude, it, it helps step your game up. So, good luck to Matt. I hope you play well good today, luck, buddy. buddy. Good luck. All right. So, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. She came over and we were having a conversation. I said, you know what's interesting. Is and um and I hate to do this. All right, you know what? So I won't. We've had uh, <laughs> so so, so, okay. so we won't. But we've had big soda forever, okay. and we've had big food forever. We've had all we've had big major corporations forever in this country, right? Okay. And they haven't really had to apologize. Now Facebook and Uber and all these companies—they've been out ten years and they're already on TV. Like, hey, sorry, we screwed this all up. Sorry, our bad. You can trust us. We promise. Right. And yet here we all still go blindly back into these digital companies who under under 10 years already have to say they're sorry to us for screwing us up already. It's amazing to me okay. that, that we've had establishment companies forever, dude, have, have had been good corporate citizens, haven't really messed around because, dude, I, you know, the health benefits of soda or whatever, you should know better. Like the sugar in that, you should know better. That's not on the company, that's on you. Right, but Facebook and Uber have already had; they're already out there with their CEOs and Twitter too. Sorry, sorry, yeah, we kind of screwed up. Yeah, we're not really paying attention. Sorry, we were asleep at the wheel running our company. It's very interesting. Okay, and now the phone companies are very very similar. The platform companies, Google and Android, now you that whole thing, right? And Apple, that now they realize they're responsible for giving us something that we really didn't need, and that is really hurting society, and that's the cell phone. We talked about this the other day where there was like this think piece where this woman was like, you know what, take my kid's phone from him at school. And we had the we had the question in here is like, well, has the world changed so much that maybe you can't have that as the idea anymore? And I maintain no, that I don't think the world's changed that much. I think you have changed and that your dependency on that thing makes you think that all scenarios require a cell phone. And I don't think that they do. It's a little scary to think that I, as a 34 year old man, um, am so addicted to it and like I totally can remember being a child without digital things for sure where it's like now 
these kids, it's like you think you're addicted to phones. Wait until these kids grow up. Like, you know what I'm saying? Where you've had it in your hand from like the moment that you've been born. If you think your addiction's oh. bad, that's nothing compared to what to what the, fu- the future generation is going to have to kind of like wrestle with. A five-year-old now has got no shot. Right. How do you <laughs> I mean, no how, shot. How, how, how do you get over that? So now I, I, I will give the companies this is that they recognize that you and I, the consumer, are never going to handle this on our own. We're not. It's hard right? for an addict so, too, right? Exactly right. So you haven't reached your bottom. That's fine. We'll bring the bottom to you. So now the phone companies are bringing the bottom to you. What's the digital bottom? I know what the alcoholic bottom is, right? I know what the drug addict bottom is. What's that digital bottom? Plenty of fish. (laughs) Okay. There's your answer. There it is right there. Right? So now they are going to release... Or release, sorry, digital dependency, um, you know, applications and help for you. Okay. So, hey, you got problems with the phone? We'll fix it through the phone. Oh. Okay. So what they're going to do now is there's an app now that will track total phone usage, your time spent with individual apps. So, hey, you've been on Facebook X amount of times. Hey, you've been on iHeartRadio X amount of times, right? Or X amount of like hours. Notifications received and how often you unlocked your phone. So, like, if let's say you watch a two hour movie, you and Megan are on the couch watching a two hour movie, right? right? You go to pick up your phone, whatever, and now at the end of that, it'll tell you in that two hours you unlocked your phone X amount of times. Now, much like calorie counts on menu boards, you smack numbers in people's faces, and I think it wakes them up a little. Like, again, I'll give you from the video game world. They do this thing now where, like, the new Call of Duty tells you on the login screen, you have played this game a total of X amount of days, hours, minutes, blah, blah, blah. And when I looked at that and I was like, Jesus Christ, I have played Call of Duty for 31 days of my life? I was like, that's insane. That is. But I think having those numbers... You're right, because like the calorie board, it is enough to slap you in the face, at least initially. At least initially, I think what's going to happen is just like the calorie count on menu boards... Throw it to the side, dude. Who cares? Nobody's checking Has that. Has that happened or are, or have people curtailed their habits? I would bet you most people, it's just thrown to the wayside where it's like, dude, it's just another number I up there. I'm not paying, I'm I not paying attention it, to it. I, I'm not, I, I, I don't care. Um, but but having that number available, especially as now it's going to be tough to evaluate yourself here and it probably will be a smack in the face. But if you have your kids information, which I would assume like it'll be easy enough for a parent to do that. That's something I think you would definitely want to have. There's also another thing they're going to do. They're going to release a shush um, uh, a feature on your phone. So essentially if you turn your phone upside down, it won't, It'll it, it'll it be silent. Anything. It won't it, it won't give you any notification. That's smart. That's why? What's the incentive here? What's why are companies? Why, you know, I see from a from an end per user perspective who doesn't want to be addicted to my phone anymore. But why is Apple doing this? Why is Google doing this? Um, they're looking to preempt the lawsuit of look what you did to us. This if you don't okay. think if you don't think phone companies are going to go through what Big Tobacco went through, you're right. a, you're absolutely crazy. Just like in um these companies do ten years before we did how addictive it was, right? and how bad it was for our brain, and they suppressed the data. Right. Look. Mark Zuckerberg knew in 2005 and surprised. And of course, that's gonna. This is gonna be big tobacco. Not just suppressed, but exploited that information. <laughs> yes, use that information. Yes, use that information yes. for, for their for their own uses. There's though. gonna be the Joe Camel of Facebook. Yeah, of course yeah. there is. Of How's course there is. You attracted kids with your flashy memes. You knew what was going. On. Of course they're gonna go through this. Another another angle that they're going to use for for phone addiction will be grayscale. 
and this is not the thing from Game of Thrones. Okay. So what you what you are? Oh God knows. Okay. All right. What will happen is Fantone is like, all right, I set a a a digital like limit on my phone, right? And I'm reading this story, and now here I am at CNN or whoever, right? And it's taking me longer to read this than than I thought. Grayscale takes over my phone. I can still see it. But it's like a shadow gray. It, your screen goes. So basically shaming you. Like So you, now you know. Hey, fat ass, you've been on that phone for an hour and a half. Maybe time to set it down and go touch your kid, play with your kid. <laughs> play with your kid. If, 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 if I'm going to be honest about this, I totally do want this information because I want to know. I don't think most people want to know. I think that, and it was really, it was on Hard Knocks the other day when, uh, when, 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 Carl, when Carl Nassib was talking about how you spend two hours a day on your phone, whether it's Instagram or Facebook or whatever, you add those hours up at the end of the year, that's a month out of your life, dude. A twelfth of your day is a twelfth of your year. That is a month if you spend two hours a day on your phone out of your year that you're wasting on Instagram or Facebook. So I totally want to know those numbers, but most people, eh, I don't think they do. Yeah, I, I don't think you do either, and I think you're going to be really ashamed of what the data actually tells you. you. should be. Fantone and I do a good job of constantly calming people down about the crime issue in Canton, Ohio, that I feel like the crime here isn't as bad as people want to tell me it is, especially where I live downtown. It's like a ghost town. Nobody lives there. How could there be? I mean, nobody cares about it. It's, it's, so there's really not that much. Although we did have a couple of instances, the same crime that happened in this city, and this just doesn't feel like a Canton crime to me, and I am a little worried about the fact that it's starting to happen. That's next on Rock 106.9. Boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106.9. Yo, guys, Fan from the Stansberry Show here to tell you about the Roll Holt Vision Institute. It still happens to me all the time, dude. I wake up in the morning, I reach for my glasses, and all of a sudden I remember, dude, you do not need those. I got 20-20 vision thanks to the LASIK surgery I had done at Roll Holt. And I'm telling you, your summertime is going to be so much easier when you don't have to worry about glasses or contacts. So if you've been thinking about LASIK surgery, I know you have some questions, which is why the Roll Holt Vision Institute has made everything perfectly clear for you at their website. That is RollHoltVision.com. 6-9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Uh, our good buddy, mutual friend, the most optimistic Browns fan ever. <laughs> <laughs> our buddy, Dustin. He's like, Poor dude, guy. bet whatever you want. Now, for the record, I have made this bet with Dustin and Fantone already. Fantone's just really just I just threw him in. Uh, Dustin bet me that he thinks the, the the Browns get a road playoff game. Yes, this year. Yes, and I said if that happens, that I will buy the tickets to the road playoff game. I will put us all up in a hotel for that road playoff game, and beers at the stadium during that play, road playoff game will be on me as well. Yeah, I'm driving. I think, and uh, and now he's. He's like on me because I think the record's four and twelve. And again, I bet fifteen hundred in Vegas on the under on five on winning five or more. I bet fifteen hundred already. That's how confident I am in Vegas. Wow. Wow. That's a lot of money. Yeah, it is. That is. I can't wait to cash the check. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be nice. I'm buying all kinds of stuff with it. Hey guys, I'm telling you, it, it, dude, I we've seen this movie. You saw it last year. Oh my god. 4-0 in the preseason. Looked pretty good. Deshaun Kaiser might be an NFL quarterback. That was something I once said. Oh, my God. Meanwhile, dude, meanwhile, this is what's going on. Meanwhile, Josh Gordon, they still haven't cleared him to play week one. Now, I think he probably does now that he's back with the team, and I think that's just teams saying what they say. But he's still not. We're still not. I mean, still not practicing with the team. Still not signed on to play week one yet. They haven't. 
They haven't released that information yet, so there's that, right? Um, there's we're not giving our what is listed, at least to my knowledge, our backup quarterback any reps really whatsoever. Baker Mayfield's playing three quarters in a preseason game, even though he's not going to play at all this year. Uh, okay, I guess I buy that lie. I guess I buy that lie. The offensive line doesn't look great. And I think that, honestly, once the regular season starts, dude, and defensive teams start putting their actual schemes on the field, that you will come back down to planet Earth, and they are going to look the way we all know how they're really going to look, which is like a 4-12 and football team, which is, by the way, where they should be. As bad as they've been, moving into there would be a pretty good jump. But this six and ten stuff, this eight and eight stuff, I think you guys are smoking drugs. Dude. Just, 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 just wait until you watch this week's episode of Hard Knocks, Stansberry. That's the problem. You don't watch Hard Knocks, you don't believe right now. Yeah, well, I guess I, I you know, I, I've seen episodes of the Kardashians. I don't think they're great either. Stansberry, they have a dog in Berea. His name is Moose. It's awesome, dude. It's great. It's a good episode. Okay. No, I guess dogs in camp is what I need. <laughs> That's what they need. It's the dog's name is Moose. <sighs> I have lived here now almost four years in Canton, Ohio. Right. And I love this city. And I've told you a thousand times, if this company comes in tomorrow and says, here's a 15-year contract, sign it, I am signing that 15-year contract that I have no desire to ever leave here professionally ever again. Now, would I? Yes, of course, there are jobs across the country. If somebody said, hey, dude, we can go here and we'll pay you this to do it, then yes, you could get me to leave. But I have no desire or want to leave here. That I love Canton and I feel like this is my home now. So much so that when even when people who were born and raised here and I was not, when they trash it, I then get upset and want to defend it because of how good Canton has been to me, which thanks again, by the way, because really what it is is you people have been good to me. It's not like the pavement. That doesn't matter. It's you that make up the city, right? And you've been very good to me, so then I, so which makes me love it here. Okay, And I've always said, this place isn't as dangerous as people want to make it out to be. And that if you've lived in cities that, like, I've lived in Los Angeles, I've lived in other cities where it's like, mm, the crime here is really not that bad. And that if you think Canton, Ohio is dangerous, it's because you haven't really lived anywhere else, right? But not that there's no crime here, because obviously any city that's got humans in it, you're going to have some scumbags and you're going to get some crime. But I was surprised to hear about this. As two different Canton neighborhoods on the northwest side the other night had dealt with drive-by shootings. First one around Baldwin Avenue, and um, one bullet went through this poor woman's home and into a bedroom where her son Joe had been sleeping. Not injured, but it was a close call. A fragment from the bullet landed on his pillow. So we're talking inches away here from, wow. from, from serious problems. And the first thing she thought about, obviously, is that she could have lost her son. And of course, the house next door had been struck by at least five bullets ripping apart the siding and awning and shattering a side door. Then around 3.30 that morning, there was another case where shots had been fired into a house in a different part of Canton. That time, around Gilmore Avenue Northwest, and a bullet had pierced an upstairs window and went into a bedroom where, again, this family's daughter had been asleep. She was not injured, thank the dear Lord. Says, I was laying in bed and my, grand- and, and my granddaughter, my little one, crawled up behind me. We were sleeping there and I hear pop, pop, pop. So I wake her up and tell her to go get on the floor, he had said. The victims had no idea who shot up their homes, but they believe it could have been gangs or kids carrying guns. Now, my guess is that this is probably a little bit gang-related. 
that what this is is you were committing crimes to be either jumped or like initiated into that gang. That I don't believe that you are just drive-by shooting just randomly, that somebody sent you out there to do it randomly, so to prove that you're one of us. Was this a case of... This feels like a West Coast crime to me. You thought somebody was there and they weren't, you know what I'm saying? You thought that was somebody's house and it was like... The thing that that it was both in the same night make me feel like no. That, that that we weren't necessarily looking for somebody. We were just firing into homes to prove that when it comes down to it, if you need us to fire this gun for something for this gang, that we're willing to do it. Is why I, now, I don't know that I'm right. I'm just, I'm, I'm speculating. Right. I have no idea. No, but that's the way it feels. It, it, it's obviously a crime that, you know, not unheard of, but at the same time, not necessarily something that I think has been dealt with on a regular basis here. It doesn't feel like it, at least in the last, you know, five years that I've been here. Um, so yeah, I mean, you don't want to see this become like, all right, now we've moved into this territory. So hopefully CPD is on the case and are able to find people and, 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 and put a stop on this before it becomes a real issue. Yeah. I don't know what's, I don't know what's happening there. I, I know drive-by shooting is a crime you don't want, um, because of the amount of innocence yeah. that can happen, like innocent people who can be hurt by that. That's, that's the kind of crime you absolutely do not want. Um, and if it's an indicator of rise of gang activity in Canton, Ohio, that that's not going to be great. And that uh, gangs do need to be like stomped out. And that um, because they bring everything, they bring drug and human trafficking. They bring do gangs bring everything. And then if you can if you can put your foot on the neck of that, that you can actually stomp out a lot of the crime. Um, as, as I'm constantly touting that that I don't believe that this city is any you know more dangerous than other places I've lived, I am a little saddened to hear about the fact that drive-by shootings are starting to happen here. It just doesn't feel like that kind of community to me. We will send you out to Vegas not once but twice this morning. Actually, the first one will be next on Rock 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sands Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Send you out to Las Vegas here momentarily. 2018 iHeartRadio Music Festival will get you out of town for a few days, put you up in Vegas. You can go there, apparently drop all your money off, betting the Browns to win the AFC. <laughs> I can't even finish the sentence. It's so crazy. Winning the AFC North, Fantone. Where are you on that? Feels unrealistic to me at this point, but if the bet is good, I understand why people are throwing a little bit of money at it. You know what I'm saying? Not much. If you do, if you're betting, like you said, if you're betting your rent payment on that, you Ball, got some issues. Ballpark, ballpark me where Fantone feels like percentage chance wise, the Browns have a shot to win the AFC North. Under 10, 10, under 10. There we go. Okay. I just wanted to make sure not everybody in the world's lost their goddamn No, lives. no, 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 okay. no. Under 10%, I would say. There we go. I would agree with you. I bet it's, for me, it's probably under 5%. But what do I know? We talked about phone addiction a little earlier. And one of the reasons why you're addicted to the thing, it's that part, partially it's your fault, okay. but also partially is that we've moved everything to it. And I'm not sure that that is your fault. That a lot of times when the rest of the country is moving into something, you may be like, well, I don't want to do it, but I guess we're gonna. And I'm sure old people feel this way about online banking. 
Like, they don't want to do that. But, like, because they're old and they're like, what? Make the app look bigger. I can't see it. Right? They don't want to do online banking, but the rest of the world has. So I'm sure a lot of people have begrudgingly had to be moved into it. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. You can go in there and complain to the uh, to the uh, to the woman working behind the the no, line. I love my online bank, but for the most part, you have to. I no. mean, even even stuff like even stuff like filling out a job application. Like All if you want to work, you can't just go in there and go fill it out on paper. No. You got to go fill it out on the website. Okay. Absolutely. So the world. So sometimes the world makes you go along digitally, even though you don't want to. Okay. And dating has kind of gone through this. We're Tinders now, and the plenty of fishes and the bumbles. This is how people meet now, right? And maybe you don't want to do it that way, and I, my hand's kind of raised. I don't really want to do it that way. That I like the old way. That I like meeting somebody and going, I don't know, maybe you're, maybe you're interesting. Making them kind of laugh, and oh, okay, yeah, I kind of like that. This swiping on boob pictures. It's like, yeah, dude, of course I like boobs. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. It's you that I find disgusting and awful. Your boobs are fantastic. That's how I can tell you're not a millennial. You like boobs. <laughs> exactly right. There it is. So the online dating has become tricky. It's become um, the way everybody's doing this now. So much so that this woman and her friend, who I guess like owns like a digital company, wanted to run an experiment. Okay, and they duped hundreds of dudes into like falling for this woman on Tinder. Okay. Okay. Not hard to do. Not I mean, hard. You look at guys who accept friend requests from obvious like bots, where it's like, dude, you know, Shiloh Styles didn't send you a friend request, bro. People you may know. Yeah. And it's okay. Like, really? <laughs> okay. Really, dude? If I knew her, I wouldn't know anybody else. I would spend all my time <laughs> talking to her. I wouldn't know anyone. People you may know. Right. So they kind of duped all these dudes. Right. This guy, Rob Bliss, he owns um, the viral video agency, Rob Bliss Creative. I've never heard of it, so it ain't that viral. But he orchestrated a project and he's going to release a video detailing this entire story. Okay. What they did is they had this woman kind of like post this profile. And dudes started coming after her, started talking to her, and like wanted to hook up with her. Deep it, deep it, deep it, deep it, deep it. Just constantly exactly. right, dude. All right. So what they did was then is then she kind of told them all. Hey, look, I got a big project at work. I'm not going to be able to be around for a couple of weeks, but you know what I mean? I am interested, but I'm, I'm going to take some time. So then and she started telling that to all of them, right? Then she went back a few weeks later and then told them all, hey, yeah, my project at work's done. Let's meet up on this day. Okay. Now, the trick is she told them all to meet her on that day. So hundreds of dudes show up. There's a stage set up as if like it's going to be like this concert or whatever. She walks by them all, walks up on the stage, grabs the microphone, and addresses them all. And says, you're now in competition to date me. And then that she started to whittle the crowd down. Okay? And she said, if you're a Trump supporter, get out. If you're under the, uh, the height of 5'9", get out. If your name's Jimmy... Get out. Jeez, strange list there, but okay. Well, apparently some dude named Jimmy just ran just through it and, wrong. and never called her back, which okay. is, I'm guessing, how part of this came about. No shame, Jimmy Shane, probably. Probably. I think it's a possibility. I mean, maybe. <laughs> I'd be surprised to find out he has the T-Mobile minutes left, but I mean, maybe he was part of it. I don't know. Okay? But this is interesting. And more and more of this stuff is going to start to happen. More catfishing, duping, and dude, let me tell you, be careful because this is how people get their heads chopped off. Yeah, dude, some guy's going to be pissed about that. Playing with a dude's emotion or a woman's emotions is not smart. 
and putting people into their own episode of The Bachelor. You know what I mean? Like, all right, now you're all going to compete for me. Eh, I'm surprised. What what I would think this would be more likely to start happening is that, okay, like, you know, let's say I'm, I've got a band or whatever. Okay. And our first show, Buzzbin, we want a million people to be there. You know, I'm really trying to get that house crowded and, and, and get as many people there as possible. Fair. Bass player sets up a fake Tinder profile, says, yo, come to Buzzbin. I'm going to be there at 730. Your show starts at 8. You know what I'm saying? Now, all of a sudden, you got yourself a packed house. And these, dudes, and these dudes are just looking around for this chick like, oh, sorry, I'm running a little bit late. That, that to me, seems like a winner. If I was a bar owner, dude, I'd start pulling that crap. Don't do that to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like some of us are legitimately lonely. Like you know what I mean? Like I don't want to come to your stupid bar. You know what I mean? Don't give me don't get me all hopped up on the sex and then be like, "No, it's thirsty Thursdays instead." It doesn't take much to get dudes hot and bothered. You know what I'm saying? Like just a, "Hey, come meet me there." And it's dude, you know dudes are going to drop what they're doing. They're going to go. So honestly, this is something you kind of do have to look out for. There is no more desperate thing on the planet than a dude that hasn't been laid in six months, right? Like, dude, that's desperation on a level, dude, like where it, I mean, that's next level desperation. Right. I mean, for the first three months, your thumb's probably hovering over the Tinder app. You're like, all right, maybe, you know, eventually it gets to four, four or five months and you're looking through it, but you're not responding. But dude, once you start responding to random chicks and it's like, oh my gosh, please have sex with me. Six months in, you're in a desperate, desperate place. I hate the digital get down. I don't like it. I don't do well. I'm a conversationalist. That's what I'm about. I'm about like disarm. I'm, dude, I'm all charm and disarm. So if you take that away from me and it's all just now thumbs up, thumbs down, that is not a good system. I don't like it at all, to be honest with you. It's taking all the personalization out of all of it. And I just, dude, shopping for it. Dude, at that point, just legalize prostitution. What, what's the difference? You're window shopping. That's What's the difference? It, it, it's basically what they did is they took the, the Belgium red light district and put it inside your phone and then said, no, this isn't prostitution. It's so crazy that I like the old system way way better. There's something that Fantone is a huge fan of. They're getting ready to do, not getting ready, they're already doing something that I think is absurd. He will, of course, defend it. That will be next after we send you out to Las Vegas for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Festival right now. Rock 106.9 has your shot at a trip to our iHeartRadio Music Festival. Now, Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. This just made me very happy and very sad for my buddy. Okay. I will tease Dustin, the most optimistic Browns fan ever, but dude, he's like one of the the world's like nicest guy. Super nice guy. And like one of my favorite people I've met down here for sure. Very, it's hard to go from listener to friend. Yeah. It's hard to do because a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't really want to be your friend. They just want to talk to you about where's Fantone. Like, right, you know what I mean? Like, a lot of people don't actually want to be your friend. They just want to know stuff. But Dustin's kind of made that transition. And uh, he now, and I'm not going to tell you, but he delivers uh, for his business, for, for what he does for a living. And uh, he's like, yeah, man, the last place I went in was blaring you talking about me being a dumbass. <laughs> he's like, I didn't out myself. But this made me very happy. As he said, he goes, dude, he goes, about 90% of the places I go every day have you guys on when I go in there. Awesome. Which makes me very happy to hear that. So Canton, Ohio, thank you very much. All right, now, Fantone, I got to ask you, buddy. And okay. I'm gonna, I, Now, I don't know. I don't know if you're going to defend this or not. I really don't okay. know. This could, I, this could all fall like flat on its face. I don't know. But I don't know anything about this stuff. As, as a matter of fact, when I talk it, people tell me to shut up about it because I don't know anything about it. Okay. And you know everything there is to know about it. All right. So I was like, you know what? Let's uh, we'll, we'll do a little we'll do a little fan tone segment here. 
This is all about the professional wrestling. And I don't know anything about it. Well, considering my, you know, illustrious career in the squared circle, retiring one and zero, by the way, just letting everybody know that, just letting everyone know undefeated at this point. I like it. There's something happening in these lower ranks of professional wrestling. Okay. In like these, like, again, like Ohio Championship Wrestling, like there's like, I'm sure every state's got one of these, right? Multiples, dude. Independent wrestling, there's been a real reemergence of that over the past couple of years. So yeah, there's the, it's it's a, uh, what do I want to say? It's, it, it is, it's like being in a garage band where it's like, dude, I don't necessarily want to be in Metallica. I don't want to be playing the cue. I just want to like have fun and like make money with my friends and like, but if I can that. play on Friday night at a bar, right. why not? Right. Okay. Right. All right. I can see that. But what's happening now in wrestling is, and I don't know if this is okay or not, but maybe it is, is intergender wrestling is now becoming a thing where mm-hmm. now dudes are now wrestling women. Now, you got to remember, the onset of this was what's-his-name back in the 70s. Oh, my God. Why, I'm drawing a blank. The man on the moon. That, that, uh, 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 the, the comedian from Taxi. Andy Kaufman. Andy Kaufman. Thank you for that. Brain farting there. That Andy Kaufman had, had like wrestled women and people like were disgusted by it. Okay. Now that was back in the day when you would really stage things and you were and you never broke like never broke character, so people thought he was awful. Kayfabe, yeah, that's uh, you never broke that. And I'm sorry, what? what it's kay- called kayfabe. It's like the um the the illusion of wrestling being real. So okay. like, All right. so like, if you're a bad guy, even you're a bad, you're a bad dude, right? Even even when like fans see you out in the world, a heel is a heel, right? You're never. And now wrestling, especially WWE, has really broken that and has kind of given you that look. You know, they they acknowledge. The fourth well, you, wall there. You kind of have to now because everybody's got a cell phone, and so you can have video of your wrestlers out there being dicks to fans. And everybody knows it's fake now, right? And that's kind of the difference Fair. between between the seventies and now is that like, yeah, back then there was like, what do you mean you think it's real? You know it's fake, but like it wasn't acknowledged at that point. So the fact that it's fake violence, I think, definitely plays a part of this of this conversation. So now people are saying, look. It's not men beating up women, that this is actually, this is a quality. That if you're going to treat them as equals, then they have to wrestle and fight as equals. So I guess, where are you? Um, There's a couple different examples of this that I've seen. Um, WWE, not in particularly one of them. They'll have intergender matches, but like it'll be some like jabroni dude like James Ellsworth who just gets his ass kicked by a girl and it's kind of a punchline. Now okay. Lucha Lucha Underground is which, like the Mexican version yeah, of this, right? It's, it's it's like on the El Rey network and uh they take a lot of WWE like toss offs or like guys who, you let's know let's not say toss off. Well I mean I, like uh, uh, um and uh, dude apparently do that so so the wall doesn't hit cable TV, huh? <laughs> Haven't built that one tall <laughs> no, enough, huh? Lucha Underground. Just it's- tossing little Mexican midgets over that wall, huh? So what they've done in the past is they've had their women perform against men and uh there's a part of it where you look at it, and there was I, this was probably two or three seasons ago. Um, but there was a woman who had to end up fighting for the championship belt, and she fought this dude that was just substantially bigger than her. And there was definitely parts during the match where he's beating the crap out of her. Like there's no, you know, there's 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 no like taking it okay. soft in the wrestling world. So let me ask you this, because the argument will be it's okay because the violence is staged, right? 
But then when when we want to argue it, and even though me, a guy that says wrestling is stupid and it's for posers, even I will admit though that it is more physically taxing than the than the average person who hates it thinks it is. Right. So if that's the case, if that's the way we're going to argue it, of ah, oh, well, you still got to respect it because it's still more physically taxing than it looks like it is. Then then. Can I then derive from that statement that a man doing it to a woman's probably not great? And also this, that couldn't I make the argument that of, well, if we got to make sure we don't have the animal cracker animals behind bars because they get their fair shake at it, that telling young boys it's okay to pick up a woman and suplex her down the line isn't going to be great, that we're driving home the message that beating up a woman is okay? Well, if we're living in the worlds of extremes, sure, then yes, there's going to be people who feel that way and who are going to say that and but they have their opinion. But doesn't it do that, though? Like, will it not lead to that mentality of this is okay? In my opinion, did Mortal Kombat do that when you had a girl fighting a dude in Mortal Kombat? No. Okay, drawn versus real humans. Still, you as a, do, do I think that that in a episode of SVU do I think that you know a guy slapping his his wife or whatever or like you know a rape scene? I don't necessarily. Yeah, but SVU is there to depict act, uh, things that have happened. And well, I mean, and, and I guess here's 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 where it's like this is this is kind of the difference is like I was saying that woman won that match so it was like so yeah this is again and you're gonna know who this is a listener sent this in to us his name's justin and the only thing he cares about is thanos and SummerSlam. <laughs> and he's saying he has seen his fair share of intergender intergender wrestling really shocked there and he says when done well many times the women win and it will tell the story of equality i i don't know if it does that but but if is, is it so if you have that feeling of like, oh, well, we can't do that, well, then you don't want your son beating up another boy on the playground. You don't want him beating up anyone. So at that point, you're making the decision of like, well, wrestling's too much for me and my family. I, I'm going to disagree there where it's like... That's interesting, huh? You know that's what a I weird, mean? That's, a, that's an interesting look. So at that point, you don't, want your, you don't want your boy doing any of that stuff. So you'd be okay with your son enacting violence as long as it was to another boy? And it's just like... Interesting. Just to me, just like video games, movies, television shows, professional wrestling is an act of entertainment. Now, That's do you, true. Do you have a responsibility to talk with your kids about like what's happening in front of you on the television? Oh, screen? I talk about it all the time. Of like, course. When I was first when I was growing up in my life, I wasn't allowed to listen to records a lot, right? And then my dad realized, like, okay, well, Jesus, like, he, dude, we're, there's no stopping this, right? Right. So he sat me down. Then I pulled out all the vinyl, and he started to go through. He's like, Daniel, you know, none of this is real, right? And it was like, Daniel, you know, Nikki Six doesn't run around his house looking like this. Like, you know, this isn't real, right? And like once we started to have the conversations and he realized like I'm not an idiot and that I was like that I picked up that I was being marketed to and I was being sold to. He's like, okay, then we don't have to be afraid of this. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, I think obviously it is going to be on the parent a little bit. I mean, obviously there's going to be people that you that are going to want to want to push the extreme of like, well, this is going to cause this. And do I think that 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 imagery without an explanation could negatively impact someone? Of course. But I don't know if that's enough to change. All I'm saying is that we have agreed, uh, not you and I, but that the society has kind of agreed that we can't call them divas anymore and that we can't highlight them sexuality wise anymore, because if you do, it drives that message home and that that guys will mistreat women because we're mistreating them and only turning them into sex objects on TV or if that is true and we have to stop doing that for equality then I don't know how a kid watching a 400 pound man suplex a 90 pound woman isn't going to go oh it's okay for me to beat up a woman 
Of course, if one thing's going to be true, both things will end up being true. No, I don't really care either way. Because I'm with Fantone on this. Dude, if you raise your kids right and you have the conversations with them right, then they're going to understand fiction versus reality. But what we both know to be true is, how many homes are those conversations actually happening in? My guess is it's under 40% of them, as the world has a ton of problems. It's interesting. I don't really have a problem. Pick up the woman's suplexer. I don't care at all. I'm never going to go. I'm never going to watch it. I'm not going to buy a ticket to it. I don't care what you do inside that ring at all. Like, not even a little. But if the whole thing is is that we got to stop making sure we put women in sexual situations because that drives that message home, then I don't know how it's not going to drive the message home that it's okay to beat her up either. But that's just me. I would tell you that my personal line would be because the violence is scripted and staged, that I'm okay with intergender wrestling. I will never be okay with intergender UFC fighting. I think that is a completely different thing because, again, the violence there different thing for is sure. real. It's a completely different thing. Founder. Of Save 22, Tom Endorf will be in the studio around 9.30 this morning. Uh, if you or somebody you know has been a veteran of this country or is serving this country, trust me, you are not going to want to miss that. We'll also send you to Vegas at 9. More Stansberry shows right around the corner. You guys hang on. The Stansberry Show. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Fantone, I thought you were kidding. I was not. Um... Our president tweeted out a couple of minutes ago, if every, if anyone happens to be looking for a good lawyer, I would strongly suggest that you don't retain the services of Michael Cohen. Oh, my dear God. I don't care where you're at on this guy. Love him or hate him. I don't care where you are. Um, there's no denying it's been a rough week. I mean, like I said, I open, I said it this morning. Dude, if I was out there dodging questions about whether or not I said the N-word on tape or the fact that two of my lawyer, or two people t- tied to my campaign and my uh, one person tied to my campaign and my lawyer both were found guilty in federal courtrooms yesterday, I'd be like, uh, I wish I didn't have to talk to those people either. You know those microphones out there, the, those cameras? I wish I didn't have to address that either. Oof, rough week. Do you think that... People are changing their opinion based on this information. No. You do not think so. No, I think what this is is that if you hate them, it's more information and just see, this is why I hate them. And if you support them, it's nah, they're just out to get them and that, do that people are just, you know, trying to save their own ass. What about people who either A, did not vote or B, begrudgingly voted for him? Like, ah, I just don't want Hillary. Do you think that's changing opinion there? Um, yeah, I think maybe there's a possibility there because I think if you begrudgingly voted for him, you don't love him. And so, like, you're not tied to him. The only thing, and I, 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 I definitely think this past, this past election showed me that polling doesn't necessarily anything. Tell, tell you anything. But the only thing that kind of makes me doubt that is it's just like it's such an overwhelming approval of what he's doing on his side of the aisle. I'm just concerned that people aren't. At this point, it's become so overloaded, and this is part of the media's fault for sure. There's no question about it. There's been so much overreaction to little things that when big things happen, everything feels like it's the same size. Therefore, I've been saying it for two easy, months. It's easy to throw away. I've been saying it for two months. They've turned him into Kaiser Soze, where like, dude, his myth is worse than anything he'll ever do. I um. I, 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 I don't know what to do here because I do think this is a big story. I think if this was any other president, we'd be covering it much more extensively. But personally, I don't see the victory in it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want this to be topic A. I'm glad we've handled it the way that we have. I, Yeah, I mean, it's a story. There's no denying it. If a tan suit was a story six years ago, then this is a story. Do you think we would be covering this different? Same situation. Same Obama's lawyer found guilty. Obama's campaign manager found guilty. 
Do you think we'd be we'd be covering that story more than we are this story? Oh yeah, and we'd also be having to talk about the racist memes that were out there. Where of course the black guy got caught, and his, of course the black guy's lawyers got. Of course, you don't think we'd have to see those memes? For sure we would. Dude, this country's ugly when you when you start to pull the curtain back on it. Really? Now I know, like I'm the guy who wants people to stand during the national anthem, and I do. And this is this is a great country, but to pretend that there's no ugliness in it would be crazy. Would be absolutely crazy. So would it be a bigger story if that happened? Absolutely, yes. And I have maintained, just so you know, just so you know, Trumpers, that I've maintained that one of the best things about this presidency is this: is that everything that's not going right, you hear about. If Hillary were president and she were doing awful things, you'd never hear about it. She would just be able to fleece you blind. And don't make the mistake of thinking she wouldn't do it because she's a Democrat. That's, of course, ludicrous. That woman's evil, right? And she has shown her evil plenty of times. We've seen who she is. That she would be getting away with bloody murder right now. And so, therefore, there's at least a little bit of me that's like, even though I voted for her, she would be getting away with bloody murder right now. That there's at least there's a little bit of me that's like, wow, dude, at least I know more of what's happening. That I got a feverish mob after the guy to where at least I'm being told what's happening. Now, I don't know if that's good because I think giving more information to the average citizen is probably bad. I think there, I mean, dude, it's a, there's a reason why inciting a riot is a thing. And I think, honestly, dude, the average American can't comprehend most information that comes out. So giving it all to him just to be angry about it, I'm not sure is the best. But at least he's not getting away with anything. I I, I have to, I I feel like I have to disagree with you on the sense of like I don't want people to be blinded. I don't want people to. You're I talking take, about the information. Yeah, I take okay. your point there. Of like, right. most people aren't going to process it. Point. Most people aren't going to. But at that point, we're giving up to like politicians and the media of like, well, tell us what you guys think is important. And I don't. I can't support that. I can't support that. So I want. I want sunlight to be the best disinfectant here. I get you. But you're not wrong in the sense of like. And that's part of the problem is that there's such a fever pitch of like, well, everything's the exact same, and like it's not, and it's not, and it feels like it is. But that's why really significant a a a person who pled guilty in federal court. Named the president of the United States as a co-conspirator. Did you pay in attention a crime. to this yesterday? Yeah, I mean, I paid attention. Yeah, okay, because I'm being asked a question I don't know the answer to. Okay, and so I don't want to speak on things that I'm unaware of, right? But it, it, it's I'm being told this is what happened. Manafort was convicted of tax fraud ten years before he met Trump. Um, he says, "Do you have the receipts from ten years ago?" I believe the law is seven. Um, and that tax case was reopened from 10 years ago. Yeah, all right. Uh, before Fantone tells you what he thinks, because, again, he paid attention to this a little bit yesterday, I chose to stay oh, completely away from it. Here's what I'll tell you. Is that do I have my receipts from 10 years ago? No, but would I want my lawyer to be more buttoned up than I am? Yes, is my answer. Yeah, and I, I, I don't, I mean, Paul Manafort's still going to be on trial in a month in Washington, D.C. These were on tax allegations. And when you open them, when a federal investigator opens up a case on you, they have the right to go... If they find something illegal, like if the cops come to your house because they think you're selling drugs there, but they find out, you know, a, a dog fighting ring in the back, you're going to get arrested for the dog fighting ring, too. Those charges are coming. Like, yeah. so I, I don't, I don't, I, I, I guess you, you got to remember Manafort's not the only one who got in trouble yesterday either. I guess you can look at this and say that, well, that had absolutely nothing to do with President Trump. How well, many people tied to this campaign or tied to this administration have already been in a courtroom and had to use the word guilty? It's like 10, right? 
As far as I know, I think there's been five that I can think of off the top of my head. That's but a lot. I, I, don't, I don't know what that number so is. We've, so we've hemorrhaged staff inside of a year. We flipped staff over like six times, and five people have had to use the word guilty in a courtroom. You mean to tell? And dude, this is like this is literally the meme where everything's on fire, and the guy saying this is fine. This is legitimately that's the definition of this. Now there are some things that you can point at and say, well, it is fine because people vote on the economy, and it feels like things are going well there, and it feels like okay, you can you can you can hide behind and a lot. Things so far with the economy are looking good. You, you can you can hide behind a lot right now, where it's like, well, you know, this wasn't this wasn't this was ten years before, and well, he had a limited role within the campaign, and all these different things that you can hide behind. But at the end of the day, you've got more and more smoke just billowing out okay. of this. I can switch pitch this one now too because I'm being told Paul Manafort had worked for Bob Dole and Ronald Reagan he had been in the government for decades okay, okay. fine I thought we were draining the swamp I, I, I thought the and swamp was drained does, does does the fact that he worked for previous administrations abs, abs, like absolve right. his guilt now exactly right no. like dude I, I thought we were draining the swamp so so the so we're not draining the swamp Again, I don't hate the president the way some other people in my position do. I really don't. At the end of the day, I said this during the election. My life will change not at all. My life has changed not at all. So therefore, I don't really care. But to pretend that stuff isn't happening is crazy. And if this had been going on with the opposition party, you would want me jumping up and down on it. Yes. So for me not to at least examine and say, hey, this kind of happened, would be me not doing it to the other side. And I don't know why you, the the, the calling the other side snowflake crowd, are the ones I got to handhold more. You ever notice that? I got to handhold you more than I do the snowflakes. Yeah, I mean, in the sense of I would feel much more confident and okay talking about this if this was a Democrat just because I know how Stark County voted and when you look at it every time we talk Trump dude we're alienating a big part of the audience so I never want to do it and I know that seems like the coward's way out of like well then I just won't do it I just won't I'm not going to put the national anthem on TV but like at this point it's just there's no win here well if you can't win any other way then you got to go with the only way they'll let you win right because the job is to win the job's not to, to make sure you're talking about the biggest. The, the job is to win. The job is to come in number one, which we have five times in a row. So if they're not going to allow you to be number one by beating up on their boy, then you got to figure out another system. It's not you being a coward. That's you giving people what they want. It's you giving them what they want. And that is what our job is. Our job is to give you what you want. That's why even though this is a disaster, guys, I don't care how you want to set it up. This is an effing disaster. And yet I'm still being pretty nice to him about it. I don't know why I got to hold Trump's hand and buy him an ice cream cone when he screws up. I was supposed to lose my ish over a tan suit. But five people in a courtroom say the word guilty and I'm supposed to go, yeah, probably not that big of a deal. It went from we didn't do it to, well, well, if we did do it, it's probably not a crime. I mean, bro. Bro, I made it. I remember a couple of weeks ago when I made it your sophomore in high school. He comes home with that kind of logic. He's grounded. You know he's grounded for sure. You ain't buying none of that. You're grounding him. More Stansberry Show and a trip out to Vegas is next on Rock 106.9. Good morning. The Stansberry Show. Or the God of your choosing. Best morning ever. This report is brought to you by Taco Bell. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We have a trip out to Vegas. We're going to pass out out of here momentarily. Coming up around 9.30, we're going to talk to my buddy Tom Endorf, who is the, the founder of Save 22. Save 22 is an organization that raises the awareness that 22 uh, veterans a day take their lives via suicide. That's crazy. Um, and Tom and his organization 
fight really, really hard to reduce that number. Um, obviously, we would like to get it all the way back down to zero. So if anybody you know or if you yourself have served, feel like you need to talk things out with somebody, um, this is a segment you're not going to want to miss. We've had Tom on the uh, on the show before. Albert uh, Albert Wooden is another guy with Save 22, very, very uh, a good friend of mine. Um, he himself is in North Carolina this morning listening via iHeartRadio. Dang, we appreciate nice. that. Thank you, Albert. Thanks, Al. Um, but I love those guys, man, and um, and I get asked to be uh, you know part of charities a lot, and I'm I'm always not that I'm unwilling, but I am a little hesitant sometimes because dude, there have been more than enough charities that have turned out to not be so great, uh, and I feel like these guys are completely on the up and up and doing things the right way, and so I don't have a single problem lending my name to that. Um, not like my name means anything, but whatever little it does, I'm happy to give to them. Um, I always say it's like they always thank me for doing stuff. It's like, dude, I'm just hanging out. Like, I, it feels weird for you to thank me. Like, dude, you fought in a war. What are you thanking me for? Like, I'm just an idiot. All that stuff, very important. I can't wait to get that barbecue sauce, though. You boys were thinking barbecue all morning. Yeah, I, I, I didn't want to be that guy. So, so, so thanks. So, so, so thank, you know, thanks for being, thanks for being the fat one. I appreciate it. I found one of these, and I again, I, I'm against these. Like, shouldn't we do this? Is this okay? Articles via the internet. Mm-hmm. And this was interesting because I do this, and I was like, well, maybe it's not okay, and I don't know, and I want to examine it. But the question was, is it all right for an adult to be watching the Little League World Series on, like, the edge of your seat the way adults do. That essentially, do you're getting off on children playing. Well, getting off or enjoying. No, I don't mean sexually, <laughs> okay, obviously. But, like, let's draw lines. But, but, but there are people that's like, well, you're adding importance to a, a children's sport, which I think is a ridiculous argument. If you think the Little League World Series is a children's sport, still in 2018, you're insane. That you don't understand how ba- uh, baseball do you think an average t-ball players out there? No, these are the kids are like the best of the best, no, and a lot yeah. of them are going to go pro. It's not Johnny Reckley out exactly there, exactly no, right. So not. I don't think it's necessarily a children's thing anymore. But is it okay for adults who aren't tied to it at any level? Because again, because it's on ESPN, you can watch it. If some dude just showed up at the local rec league game, you'd be like, "Um, where's your kid, you weirdo?" Um, yeah, I mean, if we're going to make the assumption that, like, everybody there is for nefarious reasons, I guess in today's day and age, you can't rule that out. But I don't want to get into a world where it's like, dude, you can't go to a high school football game because everyone thinks they're J&O out there. Like, No, I don't want that either because, honestly, I want to start right. going to more high school football games. Like, and I, so, so I understand, like, the, the, the worry there, but, like, I don't know if, 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 if that concern is enough to, like, demonize every buddy who's like dude I, I don't necessarily I don't necessarily like professional baseball or I don't necessarily or this is a way for me to be like closer to the game I, I don't I don't have a problem a more with pure it. game I don't have a problem you can make with that it. argument I mean like how many coaches are we gonna demonize then because it's like well now you're coaching your kid your kid's been out of the league for the past and it's like are you an umpire are you uh, okay these kids become an Instagram stars is that okay? Well, if you're going to start worshiping a a a minor league or a a a, which, a, by a the teenager way, the same way you do a professional athlete, which is even kind of questionable, but like did no, you, did you see the one kid went viral? Big Al, yeah. Well, no, even oh. before that, I think there was a kid who went viral because they ask you personal questions. Um, and then you answer them, and they put the question and answers on the screen, and you're right. in the batter's box, and they ask this kid who his favorite actor was. And he listed Johnny Sins. Jeez. And ESPN Jeez. ran it. 
Jeez. No, they ran it because they didn't know who it was. Jeez. And so then I saw this happen. Google Johnny Sins if you don't know who he is. He's a porn star. And so I saw porn stars talking about it and like tweeting it out and saying, hey, Johnny, look, you got a big fan. And I was like, guys... Your yeah, porn that's inappropriate. Star, your porn stars and that kid's 13. I wouldn't be encouraging this behavior because, dude, now you can't sell it on that you're sex ed for adults. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to be able to hold on to that lie anymore. That's That, of course, is completely inappropriate. Yeah, Madison it, Ivy was all like tweeting it out. I was like, honey, what is the matter with you? Like, dude, people are going to like you're going to be treated like a pedophile now. If you're in that field, a little bit of protect the shield there yeah. of like, what are you what are you thinking, are you thinking? that this is? Uh, yeah. So there's there's going to be hiccups along the way, but I don't think I don't think it makes you some sort of a pervert for watching the Little League World Series during the middle of the afternoon. I don't. I okay. Now see, I, I wanted to talk about this because I'm now I like the Little League World Series. I've watched it, you know, a bunch of years and it's fun. But what I'm really more likely to watch is young amateur golf because that's the game I like more. And um, they do um, this thing every year. It's called drive, chip, putt. So that's what you do. You hit one drive, you chip, and then you make the putt. They shorten a hole up for for young kids and play it. But there's this girl um, on Instagram. She's like 10. And it's girl got game 365 is her handle. And she's amazing. She's 10 years old, and she's a lights-out player. And so the other night, I just found myself down this rabbit hole for like 45 minutes watching this little girl's Instagram like videos. And I was like, now I'm enamored by the golf of it. It's not like I'm watching a 10-year-old and I'm like, wow, she's 10. Look at that. I'm enamored with the golf of it. But I was like, this isn't right, right? Like I shouldn't be doing this. No, right? no, you, you should be able to do that because you're not doing it with ill intent. You're not. See, I was wondering if I was bringing in negative feelings on it. You do. Because of of what happened to me as a kid, so I'm always worried that nothing that, that to be on the lookout of anything I do, not to be anywhere near that realm. As you as you have been a victim, um, there's always going to be that. There's always going to be that level of because I don't know how you're going to handle some stories. Well, I even in a movie, like, I'll give you an example. Sorry to cut you off, but even in a movie, like dude, if, if there's a kid in a room and an adult that's not like related to him happens to walk into that room, I'm like, oh, dude, you're going to have sex with that kid? Don't have sex with that kid. Please don't do that in this movie. And it just goes to show you, it's like, dude, that's my first reaction with everything. Yeah, I was going to say, and you're, you're, you're in not in a negative way, but like you're obviously very sensitive to the issue because yeah. you've been through something like that. Um, but that doesn't, just because your experiences were that, that doesn't mean we, we, we have to stop this behavior when it's not wrong. You know what I mean? Like, I get why you feel concerned, but we can't we can't turn this into like well no you can't you know look at another child or no you can't because those things are going to happen there's going to be like all right well is is it okay if if during the parade i'm standing there watching a parade and you know the 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 dance unit goes by it's like well yeah you can this is what it's for well somebody once told me you're not guilty of whatever your first thought is too like so, whatever your first thought is, it's what you harp well, on is you, where, is where where you got problems. Right, and if you constantly find yourself sexually aroused to minors, well, then yeah, you've you've got some sort of a problem. Well, there. I also think there's a difference in looking at a young woman who is coming into her own and recognizing that there's beauty there versus like, oh my god, I got to get home and take my pants off because how hot I think this girl is. That's right, different. Right, right, right. And I guess at the end of the day, it is what you're doing there. If you're not doing anything wrong, if you're watching like, hey, dude, there's this amazing golf tricks and it just happens to be a 13-year-old girl, don't feel bad about that. That's okay. If you're masturbating during those videos, you should feel awful about it, and, and that's not okay. For the record, was not 
was not. Let's just get that out there. I just need I need that out there. Tom Endor, founder of Save 22, will be joining us in the studio. That will be next on Rock 106.9. Let's go! Rock 106.9 has your shot at a trip to our iHeartRadio Music Festival. Now, text 6-9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9, also online for you at WRQK.com. Teresa, our midday diva, will get you hooked up with another trip out to Las Vegas. That will be at 11 o'clock this morning. Uh, I've been waiting all morning to do this. Uh, a couple of buddies of ours from what I feel like is a very worthwhile charity. Um, Save22.vet is how you find them online. And what Save22 is, for those of you that don't know, I was made aware of this through this program, that 22 servicemen and women a day commit suicide. It's crazy. The number's way too high. Um, obviously, the goal is to reduce it all the way back down to zero. Um, as of right now, obviously, pushing forward to make a huge dent in it. Uh, you can't absolve it until you start and so you got to give you know you got to give credit where credit is due to people who are even willing to try to take on such a thing um so founder of save 22 if i have that right tom endorf is joining us and uh, you guys did a hike earlier this summer and then asked me to come be a part of it and i hiked in it and it was uh it was a great afternoon i got to meet a lot of good people got to hear a lot of really interesting stories but tom i'm very interested in your story because I think a lot of people think about these kinds of things and then go, that's nah, kind of hard. That's going to be a lot of work. I don't know. But this obviously struck you on a real personal level and you thought so much about it to actually not just think you should do something, but then the blood, sweat and tears and effort of actually doing it, which I think is where a lot of people will fall down. So if you're willing, are you willing to tell me like, like how this became such a thing for you, and I'm kind of like Facebook living this. We'll see if we can turn this around so people can actually see you. Um, but like, so, so, like, how did you decide, or why was it that you decided, like, I have got to step in and do something here? The reason why is because I struggled myself. Okay. Um, I was down to writing the letter. Uh, I, I had it, I had looked at it at this point as. You're, are, you're talking are, about you had written a letter saying that yeah, this I, is I was done. This is done. Okay, I was done. It, it was down to the point where I was looking at if I do it, my kids will be paid and wouldn't have to worry about it because I was being I, I was struggling at the time. Um, it's not always PTSD that veterans struggle with. It's there's the failure to adapt. There's you know having a hard time with job, uh, bad life choices, or bad luck. Um, which is a big part of life. Uh, which is a, a big, big part, of, part life. of life is bad, you know, you know, bad luck, bad life choices. Um, I had been down. I was, uh, I had just gone through a car accident and was struggling with waiting on a settlement and everything else. And okay. I was, I was, I was there. I was at my desperate hour where I'm just done. Well, I go on to like everybody else, just go look at Facebook for a little bit and, and, and rethink things and before I do anything and I was looking through and I came across this it was another hike it was in Columbus it was 22 with 22 for 22 okay and I was I was thinking man that, that's kind of interesting and, and I talked to him and I was like what's this about and then, then a date and I couldn't make it and I kept scrolling down and I kept seeing these things about 22 veterans so as I was talking with the guy who was organizing the hike in Columbus, I started finding a purpose. I mm -hmm. found that, 
hey, if they can do it in Columbus, I want to do it in a small town. Let's do this hike in Carrollton. Carrollton is 30 miles from everywhere. I mean, yeah. and it, we have to go 30 miles to do our shopping or anything else. We can make it big in a small town. What can the bigger cities do? Can they make it bigger than what we're doing? And so far, nobody has been making it any bigger than what we are doing. We, we're That's pretty fantastic. much the biggest, biggest veterans hike that I know of for uh, suicide awareness. It's like we kick off the hike season or something for how I came to this is um, a guy who works with you, Albert Wooden, kept re- he reached out to me a couple of times. Now, I did not serve this country, um, but my father did. And I've told this story a couple of times um, with, you know, uh, a couple of you and, you know, guys I've met through the group, um, women too, and um, that my dad served in Vietnam. He was in the Air Force in Vietnam, um, did not have a whole lot of PTSD, but had the survivor's guilt for sure. Um, and I didn't recognize that as a kid, but now being a grown up, obviously I can look back on it and go, yeah, that's probably what that was. And guys would call the house really late at night. And sometimes guys would just drop by the house. And I always felt like as a guy who was a minister, my father was, and worked really closely with the homeless community and tried to like put a major dent in that, that there was some guilt that he felt like, you know what? I probably haven't done enough in my life to help people who were in that situation that I was in and came to it a little late in his life. So I kind of picked it up. I was like, well, if he felt like he didn't get enough to do it, I'm still here. I'll just, I'll do it. Like, because I feel like that's what he wanted me to do. Um, And that's how I came to it. And the amount of guys who have reached out to me and said, hey, thanks for that. But more importantly, um, I don't know more importantly, I I don't want to say it that way, but just as importantly, the amount of women who have emailed me and said, dude, my husband talks to me now. Like, he heard you guys talking about it. He heard other guys talking about it. Like, he'll say it now, which is, I don't think people understand what a huge step that is to go from strong, silent type about it. I'm not talking about it to at least now, like, yeah, I kind of feel this way occasionally. That's a huge, monumental step, I think. Well, you've been golfing with uh, yeah. a couple of our veterans and out there with Greg, Greg 73. 73. There he is. Greg and, 73. And, yeah. The third member of the Stansbury <laughs> show now, essentially. Uh, I believe when I talked to him yesterday and he said, you guys have gone golf on Monday. Yeah, we he played He told again. you that when he's out on a golf course, that's he shuts everything off Yeah. Um, life-wise. And it, the only thing he's is golf. Right. And that's his therapy. Mine used to be riding a motorcycle. Well, I can't do that anymore because of my car accident. So I started hiking. And then when I found out that this hiking was therapeutic to me. Sure it is. Because yeah. I'm out there uh, seeing you know Nature. everything nice and slow. I get to the, the smell, the atmosphere. And most people will say my pace isn't slow. So I don't know. Maybe I am going at a motorcycle pace. Um, your your pace is not slow for most people, no. Um, it was actually an impressive pace, and that hike was uh, was awesome. And I know you guys are starting to get into more things like the hike. Like I guess you've started like now this fishing thing that you're going to be doing with uh, with some vets. Can you, can you give me a little background on that? Yeah, we're on our uh, September 2nd will be our third trip. We take uh, four veterans up at a time. I like it. And let them go fishing uh, for walleye up at Lake Erie. Oh, cool. Um, the last two times they've gone up, they've caught their limit within two hours and been back in and gone. Really? That's kind of cool. And then, of course, we've got this little program with you going on with the golf. Yeah. We're getting ready to start an art class for veterans. Awesome. Oh, I kind of want to take and part in that, cool. too. 
Come on down. We'll just throw you. Yeah, I kind of want to do that. We'll put a smock on you. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of want to do that. This is one of my favorite things about Save 22 is there's no one. The trying of things. Yeah, there's no one path to wellness. There's no like, all right, well, this is what we're going to do, and this is going to work for you. It's, you know, maybe hiking or like Greg 73 playing golf out there. And Stansbury said to me, he's like, dude, we didn't talk about the radio show or the military once. We were just out there just playing golf. Just two dudes just talking about life. Sometimes that's what you need. And that's what, like I said, one of the things I really appreciate about this, uh, you know, this effort that you guys are putting in is you're giving, you know, veterans multiple different ways to get there. I guess my question is, as John Q. Public, as somebody who didn't serve, as somebody who feels for this, how do we as the public help this this charity? How do we help this cause? How do we help make make 22 veterans a day mur- or killing themselves? How do we how do we how do we make that number reduce? You want to take this one, Nick? Yeah, I can take this one. Um, just be involved with them. Reach out to them. Um, with these programs we've got going on, be involved with those as well. Encourage it. Um, you know, just sitting down and talking to a veteran, whether it's from Vietnam, Korea, you know, it, it reaches back generations. Yes. You really need to sit down and talk with these guys. And that's all it is, just breaking those barriers. Like you were talking about, you know, husbands and wives talking, finally mm-hmm. talking. Yeah. That's how civilians... It's going to help marriages. It's going to help yeah, marriages. Yeah, for correct. sure it so will. It's just, it's just that breaking down the barrier and, and communicating with them and talking to them. I said this morning, and I think this is true, and I don't think it's necessarily evil, or I don't think it's like people's design. I just think it's a natural thing for a human. Um, but it seems to me that while you're serving, America cares. Support the troops, man. Support them. They're out there. They're, they're for our freedom. But when you get home, there's a little bit of, yeah, but i got to care about the dudes that are active. And it's like, no, nah, you got to care about the ones who served before, too. And I feel like... We don't do the best job of that as 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 citizens of this country. We do a bad job of that. I had a inst- interesting uh, interaction the other day while I was at Walmart here in Canton. They had the <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, I can imagine. I've been there. No, it, it was actually a good one. It was the uh, disabled uh, veterans of America had a donation thing set up. Okay. Right. And I always stop, and I'm not always wearing something Save 22 or something that dignifies that I'm a veteran. So I walk up, and I start talking to the guys, a Vietnam vet, and I, and I put some money in the bucket, and, and I start telling them about Save 22 because any chance I get a ch- to talk about it, that I'm on it. And, uh, and you should be. He was talking to me, and he goes, you know, it's your generation and the ones coming out now that make us Vietnam veterans feel like we're at home and that we're veterans again. He said, wow. because they... When they came back, the it was v- ugly. The VFWs. The- Have you seen that Ken Burns documentary? Oh yes. man, some of that was heartbreaking to watch. So that's why I always welcome them. I, I welcome home when I see a yeah. Vietnam veteran because they didn't get that welcome. And he says, "It's your generation that makes us feel like we're veterans." He says, "Because you guys have stepped up to make us feel at home." And but then, in the, the turn is VFWs and AMVETs and. The other clubs are failing because the younger veterans aren't coming out because they don't feel like veterans yet. It takes a while. Yeah, I would have never thought about that. As uh, If you're just joining us, I have uh, Tom and Nick from Save22 in the studio with us, Save22.vet. Uh, if you or somebody you know uh, needs to reach out and would like to talk to somebody about your service, uh, obviously that's how you can do that. I have to ask you an uncomfortable question before moving on to your side business. Um, that we're, that Phantom's very excited very to talk excited to you about. about. Um, and respectfully, if you don't want to answer, I'm perfectly okay with it, okay? Um, but I, I feel like people would hold my feet to the fire for not asking you. We're going into year three of the NFL of the kneeling during the National Anthem. 
Now, I under I out. understand that the players are not necessarily anti-military, anti-flag. But I said when it started that expecting the average citizen in the country to separate those two things is a little unrealistic. That we right. have tied the military to the anthem and to the flag in a very special way, and it will land this way for people. So as two guys, now I know I've had, I've talked to many vets, and I, I get more than enough of them are like, you know what, that's why I fought. So people can have that. So I'm just kind of curious, where are you on it? Does it feel disrespectful? I've always been on the fence about it. They've got their right to protest. Their their protests. You are, wouldn't do it. I wouldn't. Do That's it. how I feel. That's I how I feel. That I understand the right. I do get it. Get it. I don't necessarily know if you have that right at at work. Because I don't think I would have it. We could argue about whether or not that's a workplace or not. I kind of think it is. Um, but I understand your position because that's kind of where I am. I was kind of prepared for this because I, I, I figured. I, I figured. I mean, it would almost be crazy for me not to ask. And, you know, I always say that we fought for our, the right for people to protest. But until after 9-11, those guys never seen the field during the national anthem. Yeah. So I think... And my and the only way to correct it is you take away the platform, you keep them in the locker room okay. until after the national anthem. Then they don't have the platform. Nobody's going to care if they're kneeling back in the right. Right. Don't don't give them the platform. It's a valid opinion. And and then we don't have a problem. No, I mean, look, the NFL signed a you know they signed an agreement with the Department of Defense. Everybody kind of knows there's a reason they were trying to kind of like wrap the NFL in that you know um, middle America. You know what I mean? That that that, that kind of mentality and that you know the military can definitely help drive you that home. There's there's no there's nothing lost in in, in going. Hey, look, we're pro veteran. I, I I can tell you that it's helped my business too. So there's so there's nothing lost being pro there. So that's obviously why they did it. And my and my thing is, I wouldn't do it. I don't agree with it, but at, at, in the same turn, I can't get mad at the guys doing. It. I can respect I can, that. I can get mad, but I'm not going to outwardly publicly voice my opinion on it. I love that. So we'll we'll move over to something a little bit more comfortable before I let you guys get back to your actual <laughs> days. I appreciate you taking a couple of minutes to come in here and kind of help spread the. The word about Save 22, I feel very strongly about it and happy to be involved with you. But Fantone's going to kill me if I don't get to this part. <laughs> um, Tom, you have what is known as uh, Tom's Sauce Company. And you make sauces for the meats. And I've had it. I can tell you from experience, they're delicious. Um, you were nice enough to bring us each one. Um, people can order this sauce via Facebook. They go to Facebook.com. And then uh, is it Tom Sauce Company? Yeah, and it'll take you to my Shopify account. There you go. Um, and so you brought. You were nice enough to bring us an apple barbecue sauce, a standard barbecue, and then what is a vinegar sauce. But I already forgot the order. So this is just a, a this is the vinegary the, sauce. The, the vinegar is a little hot. The apple right now is a, more of a marinade, marinade. because I had a... Uh, issue with my bottling company okay but it's 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 delicious um and then my regular is just uh it's better than sweet baby rays it's okay. standard right there it's, standard. it's better than sweet baby rays Dude. bro i'm buying a pork loin on the way home that is like, uh, happening those are big words now, but, but I, now i can back this up because i've taken all three of these sauces when i've competed in three different categories is that right at uh, Memphis in May, which is oh, a barbecue yeah. world championships. Oh, the the vinegar, um, not this past year, but the uh, two thousand two thousand seventeen took uh, eighth in the world. Wow! And then the one I, I don't have bottled right now, this 
past year was my mustard sauce. Ooh, it took, I bet that's good. It took 14th in the world this year. I love Now, that. the apple was on some ribs that took 10th in the world by a guy named Bill Durney who runs Hometown Barbecue in New York. It's a five-star restaurant in New York, barbecue restaurant. And then uh, the regular has taken as high as 30th in the world. See, now I like this. Now, again, I know people will like this because as much as I like supporting local business, people love the idea of spending money with, uh, with a business th- that's run by a vet. Like people love that idea because they feel like it's a more valuable place to put their money, and I would agree. So again, Facebook.com slash Tom Sauce Company is how you find that. There'll be a link in that take you to the account where you can buy it, and I urge you to do it. It's delicious. And again, I want to thank the Save 22 guys for spending a few minutes with us this morning. The website is Save22.vet. If you or somebody you know has served and you kind of want to talk things out, there's nobody better to do it with than Save 22. Um, I look forward to going on a couple of fishing trips with you. I want to get involved with that art class, and obviously I'm willing to go golf anytime you guys are ready. With, with <laughs> Twist his arm. <laughs> yeah, okay, we'll go golf with you. Yeah, no, I selfishly worked <laughs> something into it. Yes, sorry. You, you can always put the pack on and come hike with me at any time at my pace. You know what we should do? <laughs> we should do that. We should do, we should do, we should do a, a, a um, we should do a pack hike, and I will absolutely be out this next this you know coming summer for the hike. I know you and I have talked privately off the air about what more ways for me to be involved in that, and I will be. Um, but I apologize. I am up against the clock, uh, and I have to run right now. But we will close out the program that will be next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. Teresa is going to send you out to Las Vegas. She'll do so at 11 o'clock this morning. One more time, I want to thank Tom and Nick from Save 22. Stop by. Uh, we, every once in a while on the 22nd of the month, we'll ask those guys to come in and... Um, Remind everybody that 22 servicemen and women a day take their life via suicide who have served this country. It's way too many. And uh, that's an organization that I like. I kind of like the fact that somebody's out there trying to put a dent in that. I know in the roles that we sit in, it's very much like, dude, I'm not doing anything. Whatever. I do that. What am I doing? You know, I'm just talking about it. Um, but I'm glad you are ringing this bell. Somebody needs to. And given the platform that you have, that you and I have, you got to every now and then do something right with it, right? Like every now and then it's like, all right, let's try to make something positive happen so here. I will, so hats off to you for doing well, it. Well, thank you. I went to the sales department and one of our salespeople said the same thing to me. She goes, you know, I like the fact that you do that. And I said, well, yeah, I mean, do you got to do the good so you get to do the bad. I mean, that's part of it. Like, it, it, I, I don't really want to walk out of here every day feeling like I destroyed the earth. There's sometimes I want to walk out of here and feel proud of who I am. You know what I mean? Sometimes I want that. Um, and there's a little selfishness in it. I, and, and I think there's a little selfishness in all what people do uh, for somebody else. And really what it came to is like, dude, I'm just trying to find ways to make my dad proud of me. That's really all I'm doing. That's all I'm trying to do in here every day. And I don't think masturbation stories at stores no. is going to do it. Nope, nope. <laughs> I, don't Dean, think, I don't think he's going to do it. Dean, not nearly as proud of that no. one. You, you, you think if my dad sees the text messages, he's going to be like, yeah, dude, I raised them right. No, of no. course not. It's all wrong. I'm just in here, dude, just trying to make that dude like me. But uh, all joking aside, they are a great organization. Yeah. I've met a bunch of really good people through it. Happy to be a part of it, and I can't wait to try this barbecue sauce again. Tom Sauce Company on Facebook. I'm not joking. I am going to go buy a pork loin on my way home. It's happening. All right. Well, here's what I know. Your girlfriend left town this morning. Oh, dude, she did. And pork loins is serving for two people. <laughs> not one. So when I get here tomorrow, there better be some pork loin for your boy just ready with some Tom Sauce slathered all over your meat. That's what I want. Okay. I want Tom Sauce on Phantom Meat. <laughs> 
All right. And then I want to get out of here. So let's do that. <laughs> Teresa will send you to Vegas. That will be at 11 o'clock this morning. Aside from that, we're done. Podcast up shortly after 10 a.m. at WRQK.com. Aside from that, you guys have a fantastic afternoon. See you. The Stansberry Show. We may not be a global epidemic yet. On iHeartRadio. This is a dream come true.